Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. How much is it? It'll be $18. You go, keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Oh, hi, Dustin. Oh, hi, Jake. Oh, hi, audience. Oh, hi, everyone. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Movie Boners. We talk about Hollywood movie. Big Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be the best episode or the worst episode, which is appropriate. It's hard to know uh, which should be. Maybe you say such funny things. <laughs> well, it could be both at the same time, I guess. What a story, right? So, before we get into it, what beer are you drinking today? Um, well, I I can't remember if I've had this one on the show before or not, but it kind of fits if you really, really reach for it. I am drinking uh, Grit and Glory by okay. Four Sixes. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, yeah. Oh, hey. It, it, it oh, kind of hey. works. It kind of works because you know, uh, y- yeah, you got to have some grit and you got to go for some glory. Works more for the second movie, I think, than the first, but sure, that's good. Sure, sure. Um, I said, "Oh, hey," because I actually saw that four sixes beer in the store the other day. Oh, really? And sent a, sent a picture of my wife because the four sixes is a massive ranch in Texas, mm-hmm. and. Um, Taylor Sheridan is part owner of that ranch now. Oh. And that four sixes, the only reason I know about it is because it's on the show Yellowstone also. They like send some stuff guy down there and horses down there and back and forth mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's come up a couple of times. Well, they make so, pretty good beer. So that's good. Yeah, I feel like they're cashing in on the brand recognition with uh, Yellowstone, basically. All right. All right. Well, mine, mine works, I think, on a few levels. Because of the movie today is one of the weirdest movies you've ever seen and one of the worst movies you've ever seen. This beer has one of the weirdest names and possibly one of the worst names that I've ever seen on a beer. All right. Uh, and I'm hoping it's pretty good. Just like I hope I know that this movie is actually pretty good. Better than the than you better than you would expect based on everything that you've heard about it. So from the uh, knotted Root Brewing Company in Nederland, Colorado. I'm drinking a beer called Hot Dog Flavored Water, which is the least appetizing. My wife almost vomited when I told her I got this beer. <laughs> I was like, do you want some? And she's like, dear God, no, I don't want some. Uh, hot Dog Flavored Water is actually pretty good. Oh. It's a unfiltered double dry hopped IPA, and All right. uh, yeah, better than uh, better than you would expect. Very enjoyable, All right. actually. All right, you know, you said hot dog flavored water, and I'm not gonna lie, the very first thing that went through my head was Limp Biscuit because they had an album <laughs> called The Chocolate Starfish okay. and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Uh, uh-huh. Let's just keep on rolling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Oh, yeah, but I mean, God. it's a very, it's a very, uh, very American beer with very, very American, American holidays. 
Uh, oh, speaking of American holidays, this episode comes out the Sunday before Memorial Day, which is wildly appropriate. Uh, I didn't realize it when we planned this. We were kind of just filling a couple of episodes before we had to do the Mother's Day episode, obviously, and then we'll have to do a couple episodes from now are related to movies that are coming out around that time. Do we have a, so couple, we have a couple spots uh, to fill? We have a couple big episodes coming up. Do you realize that? Yes, that is true. I do. I actually need to get started prepping for all of those. I have not yep. really done that yet. Yep. Uh, but so this is coming out on the weekend of Memorial Day, mm -hmm. which is really fun and enjoyable. Uh, I didn't realize how many things tied into this episode, releasing it around this time. So as I was prepping for this, and if you go to Instagram, you will find this because you will have seen this, I'm sure, after Memorial Day. <laughs> I'm posting a video, which you will enjoy very much, where Tommy Wiseau is saying happy Memorial Day to everybody. He did it with like Urban Outfitters or some shit. I don't oh, know, God. but it's on YouTube and I ripped it and I stole it and put, I'm going to put it on Instagram <laughs> on Memorial Day. <laughs> And promote our show for it because it's all about Tommy Wiseau in the room and all of that. <laughs> yes. So happy Memorial Day in advance, but go watch it on Instagram. It's amazing. The second thing is this is 20, filmed in 2023, filmed meaning our podcast. We're not filming anything. Uh, we're recording this in 2023, which happens to be the 20, 20th anniversary of The Room. Yes, I did and know they that one. Just, just announced recently that the... Uh, not Fandango, Fathom Events is doing uh, a bunch of screenings on June 27th all across the country uh, for the 20th anniversary. And Tommy Wiseau has been posting it and all stuff. By the way, you may have noticed uh, we now follow Tommy Wiseau and all of his various companies and social medias on all of our social medias now. Um, subscribe to all of his YouTube channels. Uh, yeah, Can't so help just it. so you know, we're, we're <laughs> finger on the pulse when it comes to Tommy Wiseau content. But, but if you're interested at all in seeing this movie in a theater with other people, which you should, uh, I, there's a Fathom Events thing, June 27th, a month from when this comes out, yeah. uh, that you should definitely check out. I feel like I kind of want to do that. I know you and I have talked about the the screenings that they do globally. Yeah. It's not just here in the state. It is across right. the globe that they do these big screenings. Tommy is notorious for showing up to this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And originally I was like, I don't think I'd be able to like tolerate going to a screening. <laughs> yeah. And then we started prepping for this episode. Now I've watched this movie a few times prior to this episode because you and I have talked about it so many times. Yeah. Um, prepping this time and watching it this time. Cause I watched it like three more times. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to hear they're going to do some 20th anniversary stuff. And I found myself very much like, please do like a, a Blu-ray special anniversary edition. Like mm -hmm. let's do a big combine that please. I, I think I have to go to a screening. So, uh, yeah. I would not recommend it for the first time you see this movie because no. if you go, if it's like any of the midnight screenings I've heard about, you will not understand anything they're saying because people will be yelling at the <laughs> screen. Um, you should see it a couple times by yourself or with a close friend who's not afraid to take a risk on it. 
but I do think it would be really fun to see it in person too. I don't know if watching it with a group of friends the first time is actually the best idea <laughs> because those intimate scenes <laughs> of which there are a few, yes. Yeah, just never end. But we're going to get yeah. to that. Uh, it's true. Before we do that, we almost missed the best part of the show. No, no god is... damn it, no. Checking in on our movie draft. Before we do the episode, we have to do uh, <laughs> have to do the movie draft. So it won't be long. But not a lot of new stuff has come out recently. But spoiler alert: I'm still in the lead. Spoiler alert: uh, I'm still in the lead. <laughs> I notice I'm I'm in the lead. It's a closer. It's a further. What am I starting to say? It's a greater margin than it was last year, where it was tighter in the IMDb rating. Uh, and tighter in the box office at this point. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I do know that Fast X came out today, and that has only that has only good news for you, I think. Uh, audiences are a big fan of it. Critics are predictably not a fan of it, <laughs> right. obviously. Um, and uh, it's going to make a buttload of money. I I also I don't know if it's a rumor or like uh, something that Vin Diesel has teased or if it's actually been announced that the last two movies are now uh, last three movies. Uh, yeah. I saw that same finale. thing. Uh, some guys at work and I were talking about this where we we're like the studio wanted one more. So it's now three more final films. Yeah. It's a three part finale, which has never been done before. A big deal, I guess. It's just like, let it end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As much as I have enjoyed it, I'm not a big fan, but I enjoyed the episode we did where we watched them all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fun. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not mad at anybody for liking it, but it's not great. And it, I just see that comment constantly. Let it end. <laughs> I also saw the best comment I saw this week was someone saying, just do a Fast and Furious and Transformers crossover already. <laughs> Just get it like, over with. Absolutely. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. That would be incredible. I would be down for that. So maybe someday. Maybe that's the finale that they just added. They needed some time to tie those together. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But other than that, I doubt it. nothing else has come out. Uh, by the time next time we'll check in on how the little mermaid is doing though. Very excited about that. That should be interesting. <laughs> did I, did I tell you about, uh, when I showed my daughter, the character posters that they released for that? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. All right, folks, if you haven't seen these character <laughs> posters and Jake, you're going to need to do this as well. Cause you're going to laugh. I personally had a visceral reaction when I saw the flounder. Okay. Poster. Okay. You're already on the same page. So okay. I saw the posters before my daughter did. And I keep joking with her of like, are we going to go see the little mermaid? And she's like, dear God, mm -hmm. no dad, it looks so bad. And I'm like, I know. But then I asked her, have you seen Flounder? There he yeah. is. Folks, if you're only listening, <laughs> uh, go to Google, type in Flounder live action Little Mermaid. Uh -huh. I showed her that picture, Jake, and her response was, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> he does look kind of amazing. He looks yeah. sickly. He, <laughs> like, yeah. That's the kind of fish, if you accidentally caught that fish, 
you'd be like, <laughs> oh shit, the whole thing is diseased. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm especially compared to the original, like this handsome little devil who's so like adorable, gentle, gentle you immediately are like, great character. I feel warm and like cozy around. You see the yeah. live action version and you're like, good God, what killed this fish? Expressive eyes where these leaves are just dead <laughs> inside. Just so dead. <laughs> Black pits. Yeah. But then my daughter and I got a good laugh. We were like, so they're trying to make the creatures, all the fish will mm -hmm. focus in on the fish to be realistic because mm -hmm. it's live action. So they, they're like, we have to have realistic looking fish. It's about right. a fucking mermaid. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There, I, there are lots of undiscovered fish <laughs> under the sea. You could do literally anything. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of debate about is Sebastian a lobster or a crab? And there's mixed feelings Dude, on both sides. And Sebastian looks bad. I'm just like, yeah. the only thing that is slightly like that would probably be the best part of the movie and it's probably going to be the only thing people talk about when it comes out is Meli mm -hmm. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Yeah. Now I'm not going to go watch the movie. I'll just <laughs> watch the YouTube clips that obviously people are going to just release. I just want to mm -hmm. hear her sing the one song. I'll watch it on YouTube when they spoil it. And that'll be my like free because that yeah. movie looks terrible. I imagine at best it will be like Beauty and the Beast where they do average versions of the songs you love yeah. and then also add a bunch of bullshit new songs that are not as <laughs> oh, good. Oh, 100% there's going to be bullshit songs <laughs> in it. 100%. <laughs> I also I, I want to make a meme where it's the Javier Bardem's uh, oh, yeah. King Triton and he but he's he's not jacked he's he's not topless he's just has wearing this like aquaman looking suit and i'm like it wants i want it to be the godfather look how he massacred my boy <laughs> <laughs> because he's supposed to be this jacked you know, king of the oceans and now he's like i don't know what he is Dude, it, they have that shot in the trailer where where he swims up to ariel mm -hmm. and every time i see that quick it's like a I don't even think it's on the screen for a full second, but when they show him every time my brain is like, is the CGI glitching on this part? It looks so bad. Yeah, I can't believe impossible. that they're, I mean, I can, but I can't believe mm -hmm. they're fucking doing this to this movie. Like, I know it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be a it's nightmare, gonna be a nightmare, I'm but gonna, it's probably going to rake in some decent dough and I kind of need something at this point. So I guess that's what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it'll be worse than like, uh, I mean, Lightyear was surprisingly not as helpful as I thought it would be last yeah. year. It could, could turn out to be that. But Lightyear we'll was like, I I've never watched it. I don't want to watch it. But from what I've heard, mm -hmm. like unanimously, not enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed like it should have been so easy to make something that's like the thing that everybody loves, Toy Story. And they seem to have ignored a lot of the parts of that people love yeah. about it. Yeah. Kind of a weird decision. Good job, Disney. But, oh, well. <laughs>
that's <laughs> kind of where Disney's at these days. Uh, have you seen anything new no. in the last you know week or two? No. Okay, I have. I've watched. Uh, I've been trying to get caught up as things start coming to home video from the theaters. So I've watched Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I said home I, video. I know. I'm proud of you. It just took me off guard. <laughs> it's, it's just how I think of things, whether I'm streaming it or not. Uh, I didn't buy it on VHS. I'm not Don't judging worry. Judging you, I was. It just took me off guard. <laughs> uh, but I did watch Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, and I'm very glad that movie made 200 million it's just entertaining really like a, wasn't it just I had the, the perfect kind of just mindless like fun yeah. enjoyable film it was so fun it was fun and it was just a great time watching it it was i feel like it it did a really good job following the guardians of the galaxy model yeah. where it's a ragtag group of people going on an adventure it has there's a lot of excitement and peril, but at the same time, you're never too worried that anybody's in real danger. <laughs> um, and like, it definitely could, but it, it doesn't go too far. And so it's just a fun adventure movie. Yeah. I, I really liked it as just like, and it was very accessible. Like you said, as a Dungeons and Dragons movie, you don't have to know anything about the games to enjoy it. Um, but it's also, I thought it did a good job of capturing. This is this character. This yeah. is their class. Like I, uh, the sorcerer and the the fighter and the bard and all these people had specific classes and you could see i really enjoyed kind of being able to see their stash sheet through their <laughs> right? acting uh i think it's possibly my favorite uh michelle rodriguez role i've ever seen i'm with you Just on seeing that her one. seeing her as like a low intelligence fighter or barbarian character uh, she was very much like the Drax kind of of the group where she would just have these comments that were just hilarious. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm glad I hope they make more it. of it. I, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, and then I started watching a show called Silo on Apple TV, Apple okay. Plus, whatever it's called these days. Uh, it's a, It has Rebecca Ferguson. It has uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins? Yeah, Tim Robbins. Uh, for some reason, I thought that I just said Tim Meadows and I was confused. <laughs> um, it has uh, uh, it has a handful, quite a few people in it, a handful of people in it, uh, but mostly it's about uh, the first lady I said, Rebecca Ferguson. And it's really good. It's really interesting. It's about these people that live in a silo underground and they have been there for a really long time, hundreds of years. And they don't really know anymore why they're there okay. because there was a rebellion like 140 years ago. And during that people wanted to escape and let in the poison gas or whatever outside. And that was put down, but in the process, all of their like documents and stuff were lost or, or whatever. So nobody really knows why they're there, but they keep going. Uh, it was really interesting. And then that, through uh, towards the end of the first episode, both my wife and I were like, this sounds so familiar. I feel like I've seen this in a movie or a show. I feel like I know this. And then we've unlocked a memory that we had completely forgotten that we had. It's based on a book series. And and I had we had started the book series on a road trip years oh, ago. Oh, shit, really? And I was super interested in it, but we didn't get <laughs> terribly far. I think we finished the first book and and that's about it but i was really enjoying it and uh it's called wool i think is the series if you've ever read that you know what silas kind of about 
And uh, yeah, it's really good. And then I also remembered I really was interested in that book series and never finished it or really <laughs> did anything with it. The audiobooks were good too. Uh, but yeah, so Silo is good. Cool. It's only like four episodes out, I okay. think. And then not new at all, but kind of new to me is we started watching, I got all of the episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, nice. I've only seen a handful of them over the years. So we started watching like from the beginning all the way through. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a fun thing to have on, especially on with a young kid. It's just family friendly, easy to put on if we need like a downtime moment. And it's, it holds up. It's oh, so fun. So funny. Uh, such a great time. When uh, I remember when I was like pretty young, uh, TV land. I don't even know if that's still a channel or not. Yeah. I watched a lot okay. of it. Uh, but I used to throw on TV land all the time. So I remember watching like that was how I watched the original monsters when they were still black and white mm -hmm. before they did like the color movie, uh, old yeah. Adams family, Samford and son, the Dick Van Dyke show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, uh, old, <laughs> old episodes of I love Lucy kids. I know you mm -hmm. have no clue what the fuck we're mentioning <laughs> right now. Gilligan's Island. You've probably heard somebody make a joke about Gilligan's Island. Watch Gilligan's Island. Uh, I loved watching TV Land. Some of those old shows are just—they're always just good, mm -hmm. just enjoyable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes you need that, kids. Sometimes. Leave it to Beaver. Classic. Yep. Yeah, they're yep. all good. Andy Griffith Show. Oh yeah. So yeah, I really, really. That's awesome, that. dude. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, before we get into the episode, one more new thing, speaking of new things that we've seen, you may have seen, speaking in the future when this oh, will have come yeah. out, we have, by this point, brand new merch in the store. Oh, yeah. So we've totally refreshed the merch store. Uh, it's been a while since we've had new stuff, and we wanted to do new stuff, especially for summer, so... Check it out. Uh, we also will have it all listed on Instagram, but I think it's really cool. It's a total redesign of the uh, Boner's Doom Booner Boner's Day Doomsday Clock logo, uh, <laughs> but a little more minimalistic style. We've added some new stuff yep. too. Uh, we have a kids' shirt now, tank tops for the summer, uh, and of course a new uh, new pint glass. You got to have a beer glass if you're doing movie boner stuff. My favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, this thing's awesome. <laughs> this is we have a new all over print hoodie, uh, which is sick. And I'm a big fan of it. And uh, we also added uh, stickers to that match that as well. <laughs> so that basically all the apparel. Also added puzzle. We mentioned a little bit at the end of the last episode. There they are. Look Dust how awesome those puzzles are. Dustin Dust is the biggest puzzle nerd you'll ever meet. So. <laughs> We turned the movie photoshops of us into, that we've put into movies into puzzles. And uh, yeah, those are fun. This to one, this day. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Finish up. I was just going to say this one on the bottom that is also a puzzle, which I call the Surely You Can't Be Serious puzzle, where it is the uh, all over print. Most I don't know how you're going to accomplish that. But I said, if you have put this puzzle together, definitely tag us and we will shout you yeah. out because that's a feat in itself. I am honestly like I, I think I've always said this. My favorite Photoshop that we have has always been the lighthouse. Yeah. 
and seeing the lighthouse as a puzzle just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you would like that. I also really like the Casablanca one. I like all of these, honestly. They're all amazing. Yeah. They really are. And that forgetting Sarah Marshall one is when you <laughs> sent me that image, mm-hmm. couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, couldn't that one is laughing. on the nose. I think that's kind of the whole premise <laughs> of the show. Uh, so, yeah, that's almost everything. There's one more thing. If you <laughs> but have, wait, there's if, more. If you have seen the film Accepted, one of my favorite shirts that we're also adding to the store is based on that. It is the Ask Me About my wiener shirt ask me about the movie boners shirt uh where just not jonah hill is dressed up as a hot dog and uh i'm a big fan of that i want to add more things like that that are references to movies but uh fit our style so we'll be thinking about those kinds of things we we have some uh i've had a few ideas cooking up and uh keep keep a lookout folks we we got some (laughs) cool stuff coming yeah (laughs) So yeah, go and get any of those. It definitely it helps us out. We don't we don't plug a lot of things. We don't have any ads that we read. Uh, we don't even qualify for other people to play ads on YouTube or whatever. So <laughs> li- every little thing helps. If you don't want to buy anything or whatever, just even just subscribing on YouTube. If you have a Google account yeah, and you don't, that even, actually goes a long way. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, if you don't even. Uh, you listen to us on YouTube, but you have a Google account. It helps if you subscribe to us so that we can build up our numbers and uh, yeah. then eventually someday qualify for those things. <laughs> but until then, this is what we're doing and it's going to be a good time. Right. It is a good time. <laughs> Speaking of good times. Speaking of good times. Do you want to have the best time ever? Oh my God. I'm so happy. <laughs> so I, I am so excited to talk about The Room. I've wanted to talk about it on this show for a really long time. For and, so long. And I, yeah, I kind of just forced it into the schedule and said, we've got to do this now. I can't believe it took us this long, although I'm glad it did now that it's like the anniversary release of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me happy. Before we get into dissecting this film, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> dissecting this movie. <laughs> I feel like we can't properly talk about the room without talking about how we heard about it, came across it Mm -hmm. that first time watching it. Uh, I think you've had better luck introducing other people to it, whether it was just your wife. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My, but I feel like you have to talk about the experience itself. Yeah. It is one. <laughs> it is a very memorable experience. You will not forget the first time you watched it. Um, my experience with introducing other people to it, specifically my, my wife, was mostly tricking her into it, where <laughs> I, I had uh, heard a lot about it. I had mm-hmm. obviously known a lot about it. I heard people joke about it. I've heard other podcasts talk about it. Um, how did it get, how does this get made is a podcast. They talk about a bunch of bad movies and, uh, and they're, they're, uh, re- really, really funny at it. You should definitely check them out. But I, so I kind of knew the gist. I knew it was crazy. I knew Tommy was crazy, but I had never actually seen the movie. And so I was kind of just tricked my wife into watching. I was like, we should watch this. It's a, it's a, it's a weird movie. I, I might have even told her it's a bad movie. I don't think so though. I think I just put it on. <laughs> 
and we were in the middle of watching it and i was kind of chuckling and she was like what the fuck is this like really <laughs> confused trying to take yeah. it seriously is i think where it was at she was like this is a movie i need to watch it i need to think of it as a movie and it was very confusing and and about maybe 30 30 minutes into it uh she finally laughed at something that was ridiculous and then she's like okay i think i know what's going on here <laughs> and then she more or less had a good enough time uh I, she would not say she's a fan of it uh she watched a little bit of it with me while i was preparing for this and she just okay. like what the fuck is happening in this she's like is he autistic what is well, how did this happen uh there's a lot of stuff going on but yeah it was very interesting and entertaining and mm -hmm. And it's so hard to follow and it's so hard to believe that this movie actually was created because if you, if you tried for the rest of your life to make a movie that was this bad, you could not succeed. You would like, never do it. It's such a unique and specific thing that <laughs> nobody can touch. It's just so perfect how it is. It's so weird to like compliment the movie <laughs> because it's so bad. Yeah. But you cannot deny that it's legitimately a success story. Mm -hmm. In the most weird, ironic way I think possible. Uh, what was your experience with it? Oh, man. I think... I think you had seen it before me. I think. Mm -hmm. I think you were the one that had like kind of talked about it or just being like, oh my God, this freaking movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was you. I had heard it on a couple podcasts like you um, and just a few jokes with like fellow movie nerds. Yeah. And so. I also am one that follows like I like looking up future projects that that people I'm a fan of like what do they got coming down the pipeline like mm. that will potentially be a project I'm going to watch. Yeah. Cuz not all of them actually make it all the way through or it's some like whatever indie thing that's 10 minutes long that I'm never going to watch and no one else will. Yeah. Um but it, it's fun to see what's coming up and I remember seeing on uh, Seth Rogen's the disaster artist and being like, Oh, I wonder what crazy movie mm -hmm. uh, Rogan's got coming up. And all it said was like, uh, based on the making, uh, or based on the book, the disaster artist about the making of the room. That was mm -hmm. the whole synopsis. And I was like, Seth Rogen's doing a book adaptation. Okay. <laughs> took i don't know why probably because i'm just not good at searching the internet i'm <laughs> i'm just not i yeah. i don't know like i i need the simplest like <laughs> directions when it comes to the internet you need to ask jeeves to come back so you can be like i do need excuse to ask me jeeves. dear jeeves can you please find this for me <laughs> if you get that reference we can be friends yeah <laughs> But I, I did eventually find it on YouTube. It was mm -hmm. a full movie. And I was like, all right, 
gonna I'll, let's watch this so i put it on i was sitting there i was like got comfy it was all right let's see what this movie's about and for the like like for the first <laughs> five minutes six minutes of the movie uh-huh. which feels like forever the first time you watch it <laughs> all i kept thinking i had i had a couple thoughts one was like it's so painfully obvious this is a cheap set, which mm-hmm. I felt was a weird thing to be able to like notice <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. And then I was like, am I accidentally watching like a porn? Because <laughs> the acting in this is very reminiscent to mm-hmm. that style. And if you've seen the movie, then, you know, like shortly after I was having that thought, there yeah. was a scene and I was like, oh, dear God. What in my yeah. When the music comes up and it's like, and you're like, it's oh, like no, song. you're like, wait, wait, it is the like cliche sexiest music. And you're like, oh, oh my dear God. God, what am I about to watch? And we're going to get into everything that made us laugh about it. But I did start laughing during the sex scene kind of uncomfortably because the scene just goes on and on and on and And on. And there's like weird rose play (laughs) and aiming is Yeah, it's doesn't quite work. And I think that was when I started to laugh. And then as the movie progressed and I could not stop laughing at all of the entrance lines, <laughs> the, Oh, Hey, insert name here. Yeah. Uh, by the time the movie ended, I felt broken in a way of like, I can't tell if I need to be laughing hysterically mm-hmm. or if I just witnessed the absolute worst thing ever put on camera yeah and and i i wanted to hate it but i couldn't because i'm a sucker for bad movies like Mm -hmm. b movies like this and i couldn't i also kind of had that like inkling of well you're a big fan of plan nine from outer space which is still like the reigning champion of b movies yeah and i was like if you love plan nine which has, although it's so terrible, mm-hmm. there was so much like, you could tell there was so much effort put to just get it made. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of have to feel the same way about the room. And as soon as I had that correlation, I was like, oh, I'm a fan. <laughs> and then I found myself like, I'll probably be able to go the whole time without watching it again. Maybe rewatch it after I see Disaster Artist. Yeah. No. I found myself shortly after that being like, <laughs> I don't know what to watch. Go into YouTube, found the room. <laughs> it's like, we're going to watch the room again. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's not going to like that. You're watching it for free, by the way. I know. <laughs> I found it on YouTube. I'm sorry, Tommy. Yeah. Sorry. Tommy, take it down. Uh, yeah. It, it is a very bad movie. Undeniably bad. Everything technically about it is bad. Acting is bad. It's a bad movie it's, through it's and through. So- it has a 3.6 on IMDb, which is an inflated number because there are <laughs> over 23,000 fans that gave it a 9 or a 10, which is obviously not true. Uh, but at the same time, uh, 
you can't it's hard to call it a bad movie because it is so watchable and enjoyable mm -hmm. and it's brought a lot of people a lot of joy and they've had a lot of fun with it i saw someone online call it a uh, a cinematic paradox which i think is the best way to describe it because it's it is bad on every level but it can't really be bad if it's enjoyable and watchable and everybody has right. liked it so it's good at the same time it is bad <laughs> but it's also very very good undeniably good so i think that's the best way to look at it i it's, i just imagine tommy wiseau is genuinely laughing every time he goes to these screenings or <laughs> gets asked about it i'm not convinced that's his real laugh I think he has like a permanent character for the public. Mm. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. You think it's like it. the old Chinese magician in the prestige. Yes. Who, this is the, this is the trick. This yes. Is, he's I do. always doing I genuinely do. I think it, it is. This is the act. Okay. I was going to ask you because I think a lot of this conversation is going to be about Tommy Wiseau as much as it is going to be about the movie. I mean, it'll be a lot about Tommy, but you're not going to learn anything about no. Tommy. I have looked, I was like, has anybody figured it out by now? What's the answers? It's still, I only found two actual definitive answers to Tommy. Okay. His like actual where he was born mm -hmm. and what year. Yeah. Everything else, though, especially financial related, yes. like you will not find mm -hmm. the answer. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knows where his money came from, how he's able to do this. Uh, it's he will still never admit, even though people have done extensive research into his background. And they do believe that they found where he's come from. And he's from like a city in Poland. And he was born mm -hmm. in like 1955, I think. He's five. Yeah. Really old. Um, but he will never admit that he's like, I'm, I'm a young, cool guy and I'm from <laughs> New Orleans and I'm always an American citizen like I, everybody else. I wear like five belts at the same time. <laughs> I... Yeah. And he looks old. Like he's obviously old. I watching him in the room. I was like, I would guess he's probably 50. And he was basically about 50 <laughs> when, when that came out. Uh, nowadays, I think he's like. 60 something based on that 68 this year uh yeah so yeah he's up there he has a, to be up there he's a weird weird guy he's probably like you know what he probably is he's probably like a legitimate immortal and that's yeah. why he can't disclose <laughs> like where the money comes from because he's like mm-hmm this is the current lifetime. I'll have another lifetime for the next set of currency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people joke that he's a vampire, which I believe he's, he's dismissed and say he's definitely not a vampire, but nobody's asked him if he's a Highlander. He might be a Highlander, a Highlander. Now he could okay. be, he could be. See, I, I tried to keep it generic and just went with immortal. Like yeah. the dude's just not going to die. Well, I want to um, get answers, but, but I like the idea of him as Highlander. Oh my God. Can you imagine Tommy Wiseau wielding a sword? <laughs> I can. And it's incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was going to ask you if you thought he's how, how much of it is sincere, how much of it is put on, 
how much of it i don't think that he's anybody's fool i think that a lot of people in, in interviews and things they think that oh this guy believes too much in this thing and believes it's good when it's obviously not so he's a an idiot or he's whatever i don't i think don't think true. he's an idiot no i think he's actually probably very intelligent uh I think it's all the act. I think, mm-hmm. you know what it kind of reminds me of? Uh, you know how there's, and don't worry. <laughs> it's just how my brain works. It's one of those <laughs> moments, kids. Uh, so, you know, in the office, one of the big fan theories is that Michael Scott is actually incredibly intelligent and everything he does mm-hmm. on camera is just the character that he has. Mm-hmm. But he's actually very calm, very intelligent. He's always like dialed in. Mm-hmm. I think that fan theory is the exact same theory I have for Tommy Wiseau, but in a real world. Um, yeah, I think he's probably genuinely nice. I think he's probably crazy mm-hmm. sincere. But I think this is the character that he just picked one day for whatever weird reason he probably really leaned into the mystery of it because i mean it's been the biggest part of his fame is the mystery and then the room which just the room Mm -hmm. adds so many layers to the mystery (laughs) so it's almost like he just understood on such a crazy level how Mm -hmm. he was gonna pull off becoming this incredibly famous Mm -hmm. success story doing that would get like looked down upon or mocked but who's the fool the guy that made this movie that like should never have seen the light of day past that first screening Mm -hmm. or you know everyone that doubted him because i'm like it's 2023 they're still doing screenings they're still selling out and they're crazy popular right and i think it is it is extremely clear that is a, it is a, a huge success for him just based yeah. on the fact that he made this movie that everybody mocks as being bad, but it's still being shown, still being loved, still having public events and all the stuff you just said. Meanwhile, a movie that was made about the making of it, The Disaster Artist, is extremely well made, very funny, has mm-hmm. tons of celebrities in it had a big budget, won awards, won awards, and (laughs) nobody is seeing that movie. Nobody is talking about that movie (laughs) regularly. Nobody's going to screenings of it yearly. Like it's just one of those movies that will never reach the level that the room has reached already. It's there's a, uh, on the, the making of the disaster artist. And I think they even, if I remember right, they start the disaster artist with, uh, one of the celebrities talking about just like Tommy and the movie itself. Yeah. But on the making of uh feature on the Blu-ray, there's more of them that talk and they bring up a very similar, pretty much the same thing you just said, where they're like, no one is talking about last year's best picture winner. In yeah. fact, on average, no one even knows what movie won <laughs> in the last like five years. Yeah but people are still talking about the room. You mentioned the room and people immediately are like, Oh man. <laughs> when I mention uh, the movie room, 
Yeah. I always have to clarify because I always say it around someone who will perk up and I go, no, not the room <laughs> room. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to clarify this. Yeah. Because it is more successful than that massive, very well written, very well executed. <laughs> because movie. it's just for some reason, this movie clicks. Mm-hmm. I, there's to me as the person who is always looking for like the deep meanings who finds like whatever there's none of it in this movie yeah but it's just fun to watch yeah and you quote it the more you watch it the more you're quoting it the more you get excited for certain scenes mm-hmm. i mean there's an 18 second scene that is amazing in my opinion the mom is my favorite character she has my favorite scene i (laughs) i definitely have breast cancer Um, (laughs) i like that you knew (laughs) it's the perfect scene uh you know that's extremely true it it's so bizarre that that this movie exists everything that goes into it. I think part of the reason it's so successful and interesting and people enjoy watching it is because it's not one or two weird things that happen, or it's not a big, crazy plot point that happens. It's all the time throughout the movie. (laughs) There's a mess. Like every decision that was made was the wrong decision throughout the whole thing. (laughs) And, and then it goes beyond the movie. Like we were saying, like every, there's a mythology that has arisen and, and a legend about Tommy Wiseau and the filmmaking and, and this mystery around all of that, where he got his money, how this happened, all these people that got fired, different versions of stories about what it was like to make it. And all of that, I think, leads to people just being so interested in it, even though it's, it's just a so little movie about, about a, the simplest story that if you can figure out what the story is about it's i was about to say i like that you just tried to tell everyone what the movie's about (laughs) no one knows i've i've watched the movie several times i watched it three times in one week (laughs) twice for preparation a third time because i was like why not (laughs) yeah what else am i gonna do not watch the room I, I did You're write down. Bury me apart, Lisa. One of my Don't notes. Don't you know what life is? <laughs> One of my notes is uh, prepping for this and watching this movie multiple times was more confusing and more difficult than when we watched Tenet five <laughs> times, preparing for that and figuring out all the different threads. Uh, I, I the problem is this movie has threads, but they don't go anywhere. Like anywhere the mom will bring up, she has breast cancer and it's never mentioned again. The mom's brother is wanting a share of her home. Yeah. She's like the queen of bringing up subplots <laughs> that are not concluded in any way. Chris or even R. continued. Chris R is Chris the, R alone. The best it's actor like... in the movie. <laughs> Like his, when he comes on, you're like, oh, I believe this guy all of a sudden. <laughs> it's yeah, He's, he does do the best job. <laughs> I want to know what their jobs all are. Mm-hmm. There's talk of I have to call a client, a client for fucking <laughs> what, Lisa? Yeah. What are you doing? So, yeah, I picked that up on one of the viewings. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, wait, she has clients. She has a job. She has a job. <laughs> she like never leaves the living room except yeah. to go upstairs to the bedroom to have sex. But this place has no kitchen. Mm-hmm. There's no doorway to a kitchen. There's. <laughs> yeah. 
So do you think the room, the title means anything or were you able to derive anything? Is it just the apartment room, which I think is the most obvious answer, or is there a bigger meaning to you that you think? I, so I bounce back and forth. I, I kind of figure it's the room simply because the main set piece is the living room of the apartment. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of feel like, and this is based solely off of watching the disaster artist, which is based off of the book by Greg is Greg Sestero. Yeah. And I forget the other guy's name, but he wasn't a part of the making of. So I just kind of like fuck him. Yeah. Leave him out of it. <laughs> and the fact that they had the real Greg Sestero and the real Tommy Wiseau on set, they were in constant conversation with them, mm-hmm. making sure what they were putting on film was accurate. Mm-hmm. which I think goes a long way. I think there's probably a couple parts obviously that are embellished. Um, but for the most part, for as accurate as they tried to keep it based on what the real people were telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like Tommy probably titled it. And I, I laugh about this cause this is something I would do titling it the room based on the final act of the movie. Mm. okay being like the great american drama yeah um i could see him doing that Mm -hmm. which to me would just allude more to the like oh this guy's on Mm -hmm. like he like this is purposeful yeah and it also sounds art housey and it sounds art housey it sounds mysterious so yeah. you're gonna be like oh what's the room mm-hmm. uh or he literally could not come up with a title <laughs> and was just like i mean the movie plays out as if he didn't even finish a full draft and just kind of made shit up as they were going he was yeah. just trying to say like look what i have he's just winging it but greg sestero read the full script so mm-hmm. Obviously, there was a full script. I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer, and that's the answer we'll say a lot. Is I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that uh, Tommy has said the room is about relationships, and the room is a, the kind of the place you go within yourself, which might be true. The thing about Tommy Wiseau, though, and part of the reason I think you might be right that he's he's I think that he has an intention initially. Mm-hmm. I think that he has very little experience, very little skill in that thing. And that's why you end up with a shitty movie. I don't think that he intentionally made it bad and made it funny. I do think like that at all. I do think that he wanted it to be sincere and a drama yeah. and a classic, uh, uh, classic drama like that. But I think that he is, he's not disconnected enough to like commit to that. He, saw the success of it and goes with the flow and he's like yeah no i meant the entire time for it to be a black comedy <laughs> oh, and, right. uh, and this is exactly my perfect vision of what it should have been this is my intention and it just kind of goes with it and plays it up and sees yeah. the i think the most important thing that I, that he wants is the attention and this is what's bringing him his attention so he's just going with it and rolling with the flow which good for him honestly i don't he's leaning into it yeah nothing a wrong with lot. that 
but it keeps working for him. Yeah. 20 years and it's still like notorious. I mean, it's got a reputation. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess we should just talk about the movie more or less. I think we'll bounce around a lot. We'll still talk about Tommy. I think we'll mostly talk about the room. At least that's my intention. (laughs) I feel like that'll happen. I have, I'm a big fan of, the disaster artist like genuinely yeah. love that movie i think it's a touching story actually i think the relationship is really cool to see how these two guys who just mm-hmm. they actually went and created a dream uh or or man i bounce back and forth because i feel like tommy i feel like tommy Wiseau always wanted to find fame somehow right and i think he's the american dream well it's the American dream. I figure to me, he probably joined the acting classes just to kind of figure out, like trying to get a foot in the, in the door. Yeah. Right. And I think what gives him a lot of credit to me is he, he becomes friend with friends with Greg Sestero. And then the way I perceive it is the whole, the room, everything was initially to get Greg like a career in Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. Tommy just kind of was giving him those like uh, stepping stones. Yeah. It's a bad movie. And yeah, Greg Sestero's career never like blew up after it, Mm -hmm. which I guess is kind of the price for if you star in a bad movie, people (laughs) will love it. But then they're like, (laughs) But we've seen you act, yeah. dude. You're that guy. <laughs> You're always gonna suck. You're that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of me thinks that the whole thing was really just a friend helping another friend out, and just kind of like, hey, if this mm-hmm. works out for both of us, cool. If it only works out for one of us, cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of really like that, where it was just like to me when I watched the Disaster Artist, and then bounced back and forth because I. I have a hard time watching one without the other. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And that's why Uh, I think it's impossible to talk about one without the other. Yeah. Because this has never really happened where you have a movie that is well known that everybody has heard of and seen. And then they make a movie about the making of that movie. But it's not like (laughs) a documentary. It's like a, a, a comedic, dramatized movie. And... And, and and so you can't talk about one without the other one adding context and backstory and stuff to it. Yeah. And there's a lot. I just, I like when I watched the disasters and then bounce back and watch the room that first time, I remember just being like, I enjoy the room even more now, just knowing like mm-hmm. some of this stuff. I haven't gotten around to reading the book. I really want to. And prepping for this, I was so mad. I was like, how the fuck have I, I read this book yet <laughs> yeah i haven't read the book either i did a little bit of youtubing of how does the book compare kind of thing and uh as far it seems like the disaster artist as an adaptation to the book is is somewhat different as often happens and the main thing is that they they added that kind of story that you're talking about where it's about these yeah. friends who chase their dream and and they're an underdog and they just believed in his dream hard enough and it ultimately came true, 
which is really enjoyable and fun story to uh, experience. But it sounds like the book is much more of a, it's not a comedy. It's more of a tragedy where he's right. It's confused about Tommy. He struggles with himself encouraging Tommy. Like, should he encourage this guy to make this terrible thing that he knows is bad? (laughs) That's very questionable. Um, And there's a lot of more mystery around Tommy. I think the movie, uh, the disaster artist kind of humanizes him and fills in the Mm -hmm. gaps. We're like, I get this guy. I like him. He's a, he's a good guy where he's still kind of a very unknown in real life kind of thing. Oh yeah. And I mean, the disaster artist from a pers- is from Greg Sestero's perspective. There are other people with their own perspectives and Tommy with his perspective. Tommy has said the disaster artist is only like 40% true. He doesn't agree <laughs> with it really. Um, the book, he doesn't believe that the book is that true. It's about 40% true. He supports the movie, the disaster artist. He said it's 99.9%. Uh, he supports it. Uh, and I think it's primarily because it does make him look good and and it makes him look not crazy and humanizes him and it's a genuinely positive story Which is funny, overall. Cause he still comes across as like this guy is out of his fucking mind and yeah. where is he from it's not <laughs> new orleans to me he still comes across crazy mysterious mm-hmm. wacko but they do humanize him he is sympathetic um but everyone in that movie is sympathetic to me. Pretty much. And it's kind of funny, like going back and forth and watching both, you know, back to back. Cause you're like seeing certain scenes that you saw him showcase and disaster artists play out in the movie. And you're like, man, if it was really like that on set, like, mm-hmm. and then you sent me that uh, documentary that you found, which was crazy. Awesome timing because I was like, I know there was a documentary made yeah. like by Tommy. He hired another guy. This mm-hmm. is well known. It's like, I got to try and find this documentary. And I was like, <laughs> I got to try and find it for recording. And mm-hmm. no joke. It was that next day, dude, you sent me the link. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I just found all this behind the scene <laughs> footage that he had shot and put together. It was just up on YouTube. Now, granted, watching that documentary when it ended i was like that doesn't show like anything <laughs> no. what the fuck <laughs> i think it, it was like a what was it like 20 minutes or something it's yeah it's a 20 minute uh video they give you the original the room soundtrack which mm-hmm. made me laugh because it's just the sex songs <laughs> the best <laughs> ones you mean <laughs> and then it's like the cam, the guy filming the documentary only followed uh, the guy that played Denny for the majority of the 20 <laughs> minutes. It's all Denny scenes. And I was like, this is like a weird version <laughs> of that love actually scene for the best man only films the bride. <laughs> but now it's this like documentarian yeah. only following the actor that played Denny. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all he did the whole 20 minutes and you know that they've talked about the fact that he has tons of footage like he shot it, yeah. everything well and at the end of it they tell you like they give you that screenshot of like if you want to see more you have to contact Wiseau Productions or Wiseau Studios yeah. whatever it is it does say that he will give you more footage if you contact him which <laughs> yeah. made me curious but I have not contacted him <laughs> 
It's so weird. <laughs> this movie. Uh, before we get into like spoilery stuff and tell everybody to stop listening if you've never seen The Room, uh, one of the funniest things to me, though, is that this movie was made on a budget of $6 million. And it's watching the movie, you're like, that's insane because it's obviously so terrible. I can't believe you spent $6 million on this. It gets even crazier when you. St I started looking up, okay, what movies were made with a budget of less than $6 million? Mm -hmm. And their movies like Get Out was $4.5 million. Donnie Darko was $3.8 million. Uh, the Witch was $4 million. All that period mm -hmm. stuff, only $4 million. Whiplash was 3.3. Uh, Moonlight, Best Picture of 2016, one and a half million dollars. Oh my God! The original Saw, 1.2. The original Halloween was under four hundred thousand dollars. Clerks was twenty-seven thousand dollars, which I feel like yeah. this movie should have been like at the Clerks level. No, this <laughs> Clerks was twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars, and of course, Paranormal Activity was fifteen thousand before Paramount, yeah. Paramount changed the ending for two hundred thousand more. Uh, all those movies. A thousand times better than this movie. Like money, <laughs> money does not buy you good filmmaking. Is the answer. That was one thing watching that uh, making of you know because the shots that Denny is not in, it's like walking around the set mm -hmm. and seeing all the equipment, the dual cameras. I laughed <laughs> so hard when you see the dual cameras every time, and you yeah. see them a few in that documentary because I was like. Oh God, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when you're taking a trip that you've never taken before and you overpack everything because you don't know what you need. <laughs> you've never done this before. You're like, I'll just take everything. That's what Tommy did, where he's like, he just goes into a camera store, doesn't rent anything like you normally do on a first movie, right. buys everything, buys 35 millimeter camera, lenses, he needs a different crew, needs different lighting, all the stuff for that. Also an HD camera, lenses, <laughs> HD crew, uh, and then builds a has them build a custom mount to put them side by side together. Uh, and he thinks he's being like changing, being a changing the film industry by being so ingenuitive. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But he's gonna I film. was laughing so hard when they show you the rig. <laughs> I was just like, "Are you?" Fucking, because I was having not read the book. Mm -hmm. That scene in the Disaster Artist to me was like clearly this didn't actually like <laughs> this has to be that fake scene where they're just trying to yeah to get you to believe how crazy this guy is or how like he's just winging it. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Seeing that rig, <laughs> I was like, oh, he he fucking did it. He yeah. really did it. And then I found myself going. Why is the costume department so huge? Because there's <laughs> racks of clo of costumes. Uh, and I was like, your characters wear the two same costumes. two outfits the entire movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of hint at in a disaster artist, him like getting frustrated and firing people. But I don't think anybody actually gets fired in it. In the room, yeah. he, apparently he did fire a bunch of people and and throughout production and so 
he would fire main actors and so they'd have to do a bunch of reshoots with the new actor and so that also adds to the cost a lot uh, you know what that six million dollars when you start looking at some of that stuff you're yeah. going oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah the main actress lisa which i'm not trying to be mean but she's not as attractive as the entire script says she is uh it, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. She's not the original actress. Apparently no. there were like three or four understudies and she's one of them. After the original actress got cut, uh, then she kind of filled her space. And uh, so, yeah, lots of people got fired and it was just a train wreck of a production. <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell at all. It doesn't even come through on the final product. <laughs> what a story. Um, so... <laughs> So let's actually talk about The Room. Uh, if you've never seen it, you should stop now because we're going to spoil it and make it uh, unenjoyable for you to actually see it. You need to experience it. you got to experience it. It's... We're not going to do it justice, honestly. Yeah, the, thing... the opening scene. Uh, <laughs> first shot. Well, we'll skip the opening credits because it's just... Who cares? Yeah, it's San Francisco... <laughs> And you see Tommy riding the trolley, mm -hmm. uh, which did you notice him the first like time you watched it? No, I didn't <laughs> know that was him at all. I was like, oh, look, there's a trolley. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on the trolley mm -hmm. <laughs> going home. Uh, he does not have the roses with it or the the, the gift. Sorry, the, the roses dress. are later. He yeah. doesn't have the gift. Uh, he's just sitting on the trolley. But yeah, so we'll, the real scene. <laughs> interior Tom. cheapest designed <laughs> set ever <laughs> oh hi lisa oh hi lisa oh hi johnny <laughs> the the way that these so they, it's about these two people i'm going to try to explain the plot of this movie because i'm pretty sure i understand the gist i of think it. i think the genuine <laughs> plot of the film is uh -huh. it's this couple that are on two different pages he's yes. in love she's not right it's got infidelity and it's just too much for him yes i think yeah i think the theme of the movie is about this man is betrayed in every way possible he's yeah. betrayed by his future wife not fiance future wife uh, betrayed by his best friend betrayed by his adopted son and i think that's pretty much everybody that's betrayed him uh the bank rejects him for his betrayed promotion. by uh the the job uh yeah. for the promotion and so it ultimately leads to his death uh yeah, suit yeah, by suicide yeah. he kills himself at the end of it <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert by the way <laughs> i feel like i said that so yeah it's it's about this man named johnny who's a banker played by tommy wiseau with very long hair who is the weirdest looking dude you've ever seen, but he's also jacked, which makes him a he good, is a good like, leading man. It is off putting <laughs> how jacked he is. It's like, how does this body go with the weirdest face I've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> but, but we digress. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, we haven't even made it past the opening two lines. <laughs> and But he has a future wife, which is Lisa, who's living with him. And he is in love with her. She is not in love with him anymore. She has decided and is, and is about to, in every scene, say, I am not in love with Johnny. I do not love him anymore. 
she is in love with Mark, which is Johnny's best friend. Right. And, uh, and Johnny has a neighbor named Denny, who is his adopted son, basically. Quote, unquote. We, we got to throw quotes. Cause... Yeah. Not legally adopted, but he, Denny has no parents. And Johnny has paid for his apartment uh, nearby and paid for his tuition. And uh, Denny gets into some other trouble, which we'll get into later. And those are the main characters, basically. Stop getting off of me! (laughs) So in the first scene, Johnny and Lisa are just... Johnny comes home from work. Very basic. Johnny comes home from work. Super basic. Gives her a gift. Gives her a beautiful I got a red dress. Surprise for you. Anything oh, for my it? princess. Dude, the look I cannot get over when he gives her the gift, right? Mm-hmm. They do that shot from her left shoulder. She's mm-hmm. opening it. The look on his face while he's waiting for like his next line is so creepy. Yeah. It's like, why would you look? It's like he for zones out. And it almost as if the the DP or someone off screen was like, "Smile, Tommy," and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah," he's just like, <laughs> right. And then she's looking at the drone. She goes, "Can I try it on?" Of course, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, she get puts on the dress, comes down, All right, and enter on the couch. Yeah. He's like this, enjoying anything for my princess. Enter Denny, who just opens the door. Just comes in. Oh, Oh, hi, hi, Denny. Oh, hi, Johnny. Oh, hi, Denny. Oh, hi, Lisa. Everybody's surprised (laughs) to see everybody in this movie. And he just walks in and they're like, all right. Hey, Denny, what's up? And he's like, oh, wow. You look, Denny is saying this. Wow, Lisa, you look really beautiful in that dress. Uh, Cue drooling which we'll get to later. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, oh, Denny, you're so cute. We're going to go take a nap, quote unquote. Yeah, Tommy's like, <laughs> or Tommy, Johnny's like, I'm going to go upstairs and take a nap. Mm-hmm. A- and Denny, not Lisa, Denny uh-huh. goes, oh, cool. Can I join? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so they don't make Denny leave the house. He just no. stays downstairs eating an apple. Yeah, they, they're like, <laughs> Lisa's like, I think he meant, like, we're going to be together, Denny. And, okay, uh-huh. you want to be alone. And they go like, upstairs. He just stays downstairs eating an <laughs> apple down. for a minute and then goes upstairs. And they started pillow fighting without him, which is weird. That's not something you normally do before a nap or before sex generally. Right. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. Uh, and then Denny jumps in the middle of them, obviously wanting to join their pillow fight. And they like tickle him uh-huh. and they're, they're giggling. Uh, I think it's Tommy's going for a happy American family is what he's going for. But it's sure. so creepy. The it's way so that, weird. Because so you're like, who? And how old? <laughs> yeah. And why? And yeah, and you what? are not part of this family. You're some kid, for one thing. <laughs> right. And they like they actually tickle him instead of being like, "What the hell are you doing, Denny?" No, yeah. they're like, "Oh, <laughs> this is normal." <laughs> yeah. The creepiest part for me is when they're like, 
oh, Denny, what, you got to go now. And he's like, I just like to watch you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a direct line. Is, I just want to watch you guys. And uh, like, they're like, and then Johnny's like, well, two is company, but three is a crowd. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Denny, like, reluctantly grabs his shoes, which, mm-hmm. when did he take his shoes off? Oh, you and always take your shoes downstairs. off before a fight. And then we get the first scene. And it's... <laughs> there's weird dancing on the bed. It's the most Johnny's, romantic uh, scene you've ever it, seen. It's something. His suit jacket magically appears and then disappears and then he takes it off because the editing there was no continuity no there's no such thing as continuity in this movie and the rose shows up and they're like playing with the rose and then i is it just me jake but there's that shot where johnny's laying on the bed and lisa's like propped up on her elbow and he like undoes his pants. Like, yeah. He undoes the belt and the zipper. I don't know if it's because you normally don't see that in a movie. <laughs> yeah. But normal. for some reason, when I see it in this one, immediately I'm like, Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's partly because he is ear. And so you don't want to see that generally. And you don't know what you're going to see and what you're yeah. not. You're very. Yeah, this is a low-budget, independent, <laughs> extremely independent movie. Anything could happen, so you are a little concerned at this point. It's, the song that's playing <laughs> is just so off-putting, and then... It's a very the, long scene. The sounds? That don't Mostly quite... his sounds. His, he okay, makes yeah, a lot Mostly of... his sounds <laughs> that don't actually sync up. No with what you're seeing on screen no and yeah awkward (laughs) everything is awkward in this scene everything is awkward. the positioning there's too much humping uh, (laughs) and the humping is like off to the side and up it's like not even centered did you notice that like it's not even you can't even say like belly button area but it's like her over like left leg or left like hip hip upper hip yeah yeah it's like in this range there's a very specific amount of and there's like thrusting like like long long time period (laughs) i had to clarify (laughs) <laughs> it's like it lasts a long time it goes forever and it, i feel like we're not doing the awkwardness justice but that's okay you see but, a lot oh of my... his butt is a part of the awkwardness yeah uh, i mean it's like the sheets on a lot of it but it's like not enough of it in my opinion not, not enough <laughs> there's it's like the worst sex scene I've no. ever seen. And if you don't like it, well, too bad because you get to see it again <laughs> later. It two more times. It's the third <laughs> sex scene, but there are four sex scenes in this movie. The third <laughs> sex scene is basically a copy and paste mostly from yeah. the first sex scene because <laughs> it has all the same gla- there- water through glass scenes and the Dude, all of it's the same. 
I'm so glad you brought up the water through glass. <laughs> it's supposed to look like it's rain. It's mm-hmm. like that episode of Friends. Yeah, where Joey exactly. is staring at it is exactly that. And it's so bad that he genuinely put this in a movie <laughs> during yeah. a sex scene. Two of yeah. them. Uh, so and it, just when you're like at this cringing, point, uh, you yeah, finish. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was at this point. You feel like John. Wow, Johnny and Lisa are in love. He brings her gifts. They have sex when she gets home from work. It's very long and drawn out and romantic sex. They must be really in love. <laughs> cue next scene where she's <laughs> literally talking to is she calling her mom in the next scene or talking to her no, mom in face to face or is she called her, her mom is face to face all conversations are face to face with her mom her mom she, comes over and lisa is like i'm not in love with him anymore yeah he's boring <laughs> like what he had sex with you for like an hour what more do you want from this guy <laughs> He's buying you shit you don't need. <laughs> what is your deal? Yeah, but she... we are introduced to the best character of the movie. Dustin's favorite character, Claudette, Lisa's mom. I love the mom. <laughs> she does have a ton of backstory. And her general gist is you should stay with Tommy or Johnny because he... Uh, is financially secure and will take care of you and you kind of need that so you should continue to plan on marrying him at some point yeah um now my favorite scene with the mom is not this scene it's Mm -hmm. a couple scenes after this but this one is so fuck the entrance and just the (laughs) the conversation between the two her mom very much every scene after this one including this one is all well johnny is a very nice young man and (laughs) he's he said he might get a promotion (laughs) he's very financially secure (laughs) but mom i don't love him anymore Mm -hmm. and yeah the mom does not do a good job of convincing her to stay with johnny no because, because the, her mom, who comes over to visit, which, like, anyone whose parent has come to visit them knows the visit is going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, But the mom shows up and is like, all right, I'm fucking off. Like, two <laughs> minutes into a conversation. Now, yeah. granted, Lisa does tell her, like, or no, that's the, that's the next mom. Later, scene. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she doesn't have a client yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Lisa is butthurt that her mom wants her to stay with Johnny because he's financially set somehow. Mm -hmm. But Lisa's not in love with him. So Lisa calls Mark. She immediately calls Mark. Immediately. It's been been two minutes since she had sex with Tommy and and they were in love. And she's like, hey, Mark, I love you. (laughs) She calls him up. He picks up the phone and her greeting to him is, hey, baby. Yeah. Which to me is like, oh, they've been sleeping together for a while. Yeah. Okay. They are in um, the middle of an affair at this point. Or so you think. So you think. <laughs> it seems like it. She says she loves him. She says all kinds of stuff. Invites She's him like, over. Yeah. Telling him, come over. I have to see you. I mm-hmm. need you. And he's like, okay. 
<laughs> he comes over and like she's seducing him with the music, the wine. And he even says like, what's going on here, Lisa? Yeah, she it's it becomes apparent that she's seducing him for the first time. She's trying to like s- literally seduce him for the first time. Right. Like he, they're like, we shouldn't do this. I'm best friends with Tommy. Tom, Mar- <laughs> Johnny is my best friend. Johnny, obviously, we Johnny. can't do this. And she's like, oh yeah. And then he's like, we need to do this. And he <laughs> stuffs his tongue down her throat. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, just real quick, because I was confused. Uh-huh. The first few times I watched this movie and prepping for it, I knew yeah. that the scene was confusing to me. So I was like paying very close attention to the dialogue okay. to be like, I know the the boom must not have been working very well when they recorded dialogue because oh, yeah. it sounds bad a lot of the time. Yeah. So I was like, I must have missed a line. So I fucking cranked the volume up when I watched this to make uh-huh. sure I wasn't missing something. I, I wasn't, I, it's just bad writing, <laughs> but I, th- I started thinking, I was like, okay, so Lisa calls Mark up. Hey baby. She's saying all this shit, right? Come over. I need you. I was thinking if he's Johnny's best friend and Johnny's future mm-hmm. wife calls him up and her first words are, Hey baby. And he does not immediately. And like, red flag like the fuck it's like something's <laughs> yeah. wrong because if if any of my friends like now this this made me laugh because i was like one she would never <laughs> say these words <laughs> to like anyone but i was like yeah. if christy called me up and that was her first <laughs> words i'd be like bitch no like no 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 (laughs) we're not doing this and then it would be (laughs) on the phone with you yeah steve would never do that like i know it's i i knew like it made me laugh when that went through like the example yeah but you try to think of like how do best friends actually behave with each other how does (laughs) best friends and their spouses actually interact with each other and that was what went through my head. I was like, okay, so Jake and Christy are like my best friends. Like we have, we've known each other forever at this point. Like we're able to joke around in ways other people might not. And I was like, <laughs> but Christy wouldn't even do that. But if she yeah. did, and it made me laugh, just the idea of it. I was like, Ugh. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird thing. And yeah, he is very much, not at all concerned with at all really trying to avoid it. And he talks a little bit about how Johnny's best friend, but doesn't really try to avoid the affair at all. Like at and all. That, and then later, uh, he basically blames her for all of it, blames her for seducing <laughs> him. Like it's all her fault. And that's kind of the, another really weird part about it. It's like, <laughs> right. You like, were there, ah! bro. You were kind of for it, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is on you too. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so so Mark makes out with Lisa <laughs> and cue the music yeah. because I thought when you, number I thought two. when you called it making out, you're doing what Mike does, where he calls every sexual interaction he has with his oh, girlfriend yeah. making out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they make out. 
and more on the stairs. And you're thinking, didn't we just finish one awkward sex scene? You did. 15 minutes into the movie. I'm in our second (laughs) sex scene. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And guess what? This one's shorter. But just as weird. (laughs) Mostly because Mark keeps his pants on the whole time. (laughs) But they still have sex. It's just that the actor was uncomfortable and didn't take his pants off. It's very... It's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, so they, you know, they're fulfilling their love that they are now exploring. (laughs) I guess you could say. <laughs> and uh, and when that scene and song, because you get another song, not yeah. the same one. It's a new one. The problem is Tommy's way of filming the movie is that every sex scene needs to last the whole song. <laughs> and so that's why they're such long scenes is because <laughs> the song is already two or three minutes long on its own. So he's got to fill that time in. He needs a movie that's at least 90 minutes. So (laughs) this is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, But once that's concluded, I mean, they talk about it. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then they kiss more anyway. And then nothing really is ever resolved there. But there's there's no real guilt there at all. After that is the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. It's It's so short. But it's my favorite where Tommy goes to the florist. He walks in. He says, I'll have a dozen red roses, please. And then the lady's like, oh, hi, oh, hi Johnny. I didn't recognize you. Here you <laughs> I didn't go. I recognize you. And uh, apparently if we, this guy, who's the weirdest looking guy you've ever seen, most recognizable, when he takes his glasses off and puts them up on his forehead, you immediately realize, oh, it's Johnny. I did. It's know. Johnny. <laughs> and every <laughs> sentence is out of sequence. It's edited. I don't know if it's 80 yard. What's going on? It sounds it's like so it's 80 yard. But then the lady's like, I, oh, it'll be $18. And he's like, oh, thank you very much. Oh, hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> now, we did not do that justice, Jake. <laughs> I like no offense, but you you cannot okay. recreate the scene. Well, you can. We can't. <laughs> okay, you want me to act it out? No, I don't. Johnny walks into the florist. <laughs> so hi, funny. can I help you? Yes, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't realize it was you. Here you go. That's me. No, you got it. How much is yeah, it? Yeah, you got to do the. It'll be eighteen dollars. How much is it? Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my Hi, favorite doggy. customer. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> the scene is 18 seconds. I timed it. And then he carries out is... the flowers upside down. Upside down. <laughs> Best detail to the point where I was like, how is no one else? Like everyone comments the oh, hi, doggy. Yeah. I'm like, why is no one commenting? He carries a dozen red roses upside down. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. And anyway, the point is, he's buying flowers for his girlfriend on the way home from work. For Lisa. After yeah. having bought her uh, a dress yesterday. He's the nicest guy. 
Why would you not? Be Was it yesterday that? or is it the same day? <laughs> it could be the same day. <laughs> it definitely could be the same day. It is day. hard to tell what the timeline of this movie actually is. Yeah. Because the sun never sets or rises. <laughs> yeah, you start going a little crazy. Uh, part of the reason that I feel like, so obviously I'm not the only one who thinks that Lisa is a sociopath. She is an insane person who who doesn't feel any emotion. She's a crazy person. Yeah. Part of the reason I think this is because in the next scene, she's ordering pizza. And the pizza she orders is the craziest pizza you've ever heard of. It's half Canadian bacon and pineapple, which nothing wrong with that. I like a good Hawaiian pizza. That's all well and good. But that's <laughs> Don't half at of us. It. It's okay. Pineapple on pizza is <laughs> a thing. Get over it. It's half Canadian bacon and pineapple, half artichoke with pesto, and light on the cheese. And this is the pizza she wants to get. I don't know which side is for her and which side's for Johnny. Maybe it's all for her because she's a you know selfish, conniving bitch. But in either case, she's crazy for ordering that pizza. Mm -hmm. And that that scene needs to be in the movie. That the pizza's never delivered. The pizza it just fact, magically appears. The fact but it is not the pizza it, that she ordered. No, the fact that she's ordering pizza doesn't matter. They could have just had pizza on the table. It doesn't matter at all. Now you have to listen to it in the movie. You have to listen to it. And then, oh, hi, Denny. Oh, hi, Lisa. And this is uh, one of those moments where you're like, did he say that? <laughs> like, Can I wow, kiss you? <laughs> you look real pretty today. Oh, thanks. So can I kiss you? <laughs> Which is a normal like, thing to do with the lady who just say that who's about to marry your adopt this somewhat adopted surrogate father and uh, you <laughs> regularly wrestle and fill fight on the and, bed with and she goes, Danny, you know I'm with Johnny and he goes, I know, <laughs> but she's also not. She said she doesn't know, love she's Johnny also at all. Kind of a bitch, so, yeah. <laughs> like a two time a bitch. Yeah. Um, At least she's not a whore. She's not just sleeping with everybody that hits on her. Okay. She's in love with Mark, at least, and that she's faithful for the moment to Mark, which is something. Is she? Because she still has sex with Johnny. Well, yeah. I in mean, fact, he's she, like, buying her in, gifts and paying for her rent. And... In like less than one minute from Denny <laughs> asking to kiss her, she tells yeah. Johnny, make love to me. <laughs> well it's not i mean the there's an excuse here because johnny gets home gives her her flowers and then tells her the bad news which is that he did not get his promotion he did not work. get the promotion even though he saves the bank so much money and they've already put all of his ideas into practice <laughs> they've um, already implemented my ideas <laughs> they're not going to give him the promotion and so she has no. even less reason to love him now so she uh she goes i know what you need <clears throat> and denny goes away and the pizza magically appears mm -hmm. it is not hawaiian <laughs> it is not anchovies and pesto artichoke and pesto. or artichoke yeah sorry light on the cheese and it's not light on cheese in fact it looks like a straight up cheese pizza. So <laughs> it's because it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. But she tells Johnny, like, I know what you need. And she mm -hmm. brings out 
I don't know what these drinks are. So the consensus online is that it's a mixture of scotch and vodka, which people call scotchka. That's not a drink that you, I, I don't think it's a real drink for one thing, but for second, it's not a drink that you give someone who just said, you know, I don't drink. <laughs> right. Um, speaking as, and I'm not generalizing, but speaking <laughs> as someone who used to partake Mix random alcohols <laughs> and a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Um, I always had the sense of not mixing vodka <laughs> with scotch. It seems like it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Like, I don't care how blackout drunk you are. Like you see those two and you go, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you would do if you wanted to kill someone. <laughs> Which maybe she does. Maybe she does. This is her whole thing. Either way, watching her pour the vodka into, I guess, scotch mm -hmm. is painful to me every time for several reasons. One being like, you, yeah. And two being like, you clearly have never poured a drink because that <laughs> ratio is Oh, she unreal. has no, not even paying attention to ratio. Who cares? And she hands it and yeah, Johnny's like, Oh, you know, I can't drink that. She goes, come on, Johnny, try it. You'll like it. And uh -huh. he takes like the tiniest sip and he goes, mm, you're right. That tastes good. <laughs> yeah. And then through the magic of editing, they are now drunk and clinking their glasses together and he's spilling all over and she's wearing a, his wearing tie. the tie. And she like sits down on the couch. That's her. Make love to me, Johnny. You got nice legs, Lisa. <laughs> you got nice legs, Lisa. You have nice pecs. <laughs> you know how you normally compliment each other before uh, while you're drunk. And yeah, and then he talks about how much he loves her. And then they have sex scene number three, which is a lot of the same thing that you saw in sex scene number in one. In sex scene number one. It's still... <laughs> still it's just still as long. Bad. The rose yeah. shows up again randomly. So much rose play. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say rose play, and it's kind of uncomfortable when you. It, it should be. God damn it! Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm making it a thing. You know what? I don't want it to be a thing. Hashtag road play, rose play when you uh, comment <laughs> on this episode. It's uh, so bad. It is bad. So. After that, what happens after that? What are they doing? Well, the next mom obviously... and Lisa conversation. Oh, yes. That which is, is my good. favorite scene of the movie. You already quoted it. Uh -huh. But the mom, the mom's talking to Lisa about that jerk. Uh, oh, crap. I forgot his name. Hold. <laughs> Damn it. God damn it. I missed it. <laughs> I'm uh, so mad. And so oh, here Lisa it is. Here it is. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, <laughs> I, I quoted it in my okay. notes because I love this interaction. So the mom says that jerk Harold, he wants me to give him a share of my house. I didn't know you could give shares away for homes. Oh, sure. Sure. That house belongs to me. He has no right. I'm not giving him a penny. 
<laughs> and Lisa says some stupid shit. Because <laughs> no one cares about Lisa at this point. And uh-huh. the mom comes back with, nobody wants to help me. And I'm dying. <laughs> mom, you're not dying. Nope. I got the test results back. I definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> that sounds Look, pretty definitive. Don't worry. You'll be fine. And seen. <laughs> I imagine that test was not like an at home from the internet test. It like, sounds like a real doctor's test. We have seen so <laughs> many movies of so many different calibers, like quality, whatever. Mm-hmm. Never, <laughs> ever have I seen a movie with a scene that has a very serious subject come up and no one bats an <laughs> eye. No one gives yeah. a fuck including the person with the bad news. Right. This That's the, I think the clue to how bad the acting is in this movie is that nobody listens to anything that anybody says. <laughs> and that's like a, acting is listening. Listening is acting. That's like a thing that people talk about. Listen and react to what somebody's saying. Nobody does that. They wait for their line and then they say their line. Then they wait for their next line. And so people will say something and then the reaction has nothing to do with what just was said. Like in the slightest. (laughs) I love that scene so much. I get happy when it's like coming up because it's so poorly executed. Uh And it's so ridiculous and it's just there is not one good thing about that scene and it makes me so happy that it's Uh, in this movie. (laughs) The premise of the scene is that Lisa is planning Johnny's surprise party and she invites her mom to it and she has got a little notebook and she's like ready to like. Yeah, because she tells her like you can bring someone. Yeah, and that's what she talks about Harold in the house and all that stuff. yeah, they just say the randomest shit. And she brings up Harold. She brings up her breast cancer. She brings up Edward, Lisa's brother. Yep. Who the mom has heard that Edward is talking about her. And, uh, and, and it's just, there's but random subplots that this lady brings up constantly. But the mom's part is done in the scene for the most part. And then Lisa, it's almost like a hold my beer moment in this scene of Mm -hmm. like a bunch of stupid shit just got said. (laughs) Let's top it with Lisa. Yeah. And Lisa chimes in with Johnny got drunk (laughs) and he hit me. (laughs) Now, if you're in a situation where like your child Mm-hmm. has just told you that their partner mm-hmm. hit them. Mm-hmm. You would respond fairly like, oh my God, mm-hmm. right? Like that would take complete focus. You'd be, you'd be angry, all that. It's very uh, similar n- to if somebody admitted they had breast cancer. Similar right, reaction. Right. But the mom... <laughs> doesn't even give a shit that her daughter claims <laughs> domestic abuse. The mom yeah. goes, Johnny doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she trusts Johnny more than she trusts her own daughter, <laughs> which you know may be fair. I, honestly, you know what that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> but it becomes clear that Lisa did intend to get Johnny drunk, and that's why she gave him the scotchka. And I guess hoped that he would actually hit her, even though she doesn't start anything other than having sex with him. Um, so she just decides to lie about it instead. Yeah. And that's the gist of the scene. And, is that she starts telling people that he's abusive. Yeah. And in true The Room fashion for character exits, the mom goes, okay, I'll be off now and leaves. Yeah. She hasn't exits, even drank right. her full cup of tea. Like, just... <laughs> fucks off yeah she's the most conscientious of her <laughs> father's time now the next <laughs> scene i feel you can argue i know i said in a movie that... full of just random ridiculous shit this might take the cake i know i said the flower shop scene was my favorite scene but this but one might be my favorite is, scene this is so bad and this is a scene where you could argue, like, I think the actors in this scene thought it was like a porn. Yeah. With how they act <laughs> in this scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. There's no explanation <laughs> that is rational for how the acting occurs in this scene. Two <laughs> actors you've never seen before enter the room, the room, the living room. And. Just, you know, just hanging out, sit down, start talking, start making out a little bit and talk about like, how much time do we have? Oh, I don't know. We should just, you know, get on with it. And then they pull out some chocolate that they, they pull have, out a box of chocolates, and... which is, as you know, chocolate is a symbol of love. That's not just it's a, also it's a, it's a line of dialogue in the movie. Chocolate it, is a symbol yes. of love. And, uh, Chocolate is also kind of difficult to eat quickly, and it's pretty, like... <laughs> that's true. I've not tried to think this hard about it, but yes, that's true. Well, I think about it because she shoves, like, two or three pieces in his mouth, yeah. and he hasn't even finished chewing. And you can tell. Well, you can tell. Like, you can tell. Oh, we made a mistake. <laughs> but maybe that explains the faces because uh Does he, it, Jake? He's Does it, Jake? He's in the middle suddenly of a BJ, blow J, and uh making the most ridiculous faces you can possibly imagine. His face is the funniest fucking thing. It is so it's all over the place constantly <laughs> and then like she doesn't even like go all the way down her head is like still at his like midsection right yeah and that's when he does the satirical guy look <laughs> in a movie during a blowjob where the eyes get big he just rolling <laughs> around in his head and mouth and everything is going the works are there and her head is still in frame yeah over his stomach yeah like again moving much we the game just is... started and yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know this guy has never had a bj or i, I don't, don't know, know. i think i think he's probably to this day i'm still convinced he's still chewing some of that chocolate <laughs> um but they're like they don't get very far and then the mom and lisa come back 
<laughs> yeah, they get interrupted by the mom and Lisa and and Lisa's not concerned at all that there's two random people in her house, you know, having sex or starting to have she sex. She flat out says, "Oh, they come over sometimes to do their homework." <laughs> and the mom's like, "What homework? Don't don't worry about it, mom. <laughs> don't worry about it. Kid stuff." <laughs> If I was a pervert, you'd be my best friend. Yeah. That's a direct lie. <laughs> I think she says burglar. Because she's no, like, I'm you just let sure any... She says pervert. Maybe I hoped she said burglar. Because I think she was... I thought that it was like, oh, you just let anybody into your house all the Maybe time. Maybe she does say burglar. It's hard to tell. <laughs> the audio is no. not that good. Yeah, sound could use some work. <laughs> And uh, and then Denny comes over and uh, he, <laughs> Can he you talks. Just let anybody come over? <laughs> Literally, yes. This random street urchin has now walked into our living room, which is the only moment in this movie where I feel like someone dropped character, and that was the actual old lady actress being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't understand why these people would come to Johnny's apartment. I don't understand any of what we just saw, but it doesn't matter, which is good. You doesn't don't have matter. to really find an answer. But yeah, then Denny comes over and then Lisa tells her mom all about Denny's story that he doesn't have any parents and Johnny basically adopted him, bought him an apartment nearby and and loves him like a son and all of that stuff. <laughs> and then... Oh yeah, and then Mike comes back and looking for his underwear. <laughs> And it's like, oh, I forgot my book. book. And gr grabs a book. <laughs> and then the mom, Claudette, finds the underwear and is like, is this yours? And there's a whole funny scene that happens. <laughs> and if you enjoyed that scene, it's good because it will be retold to you when Mike goes to see Johnny in a yep. little bit. <laughs> in a little bit. In a little bit. But first... <laughs> We every, are introduced. Every scene on the Chris roof, R. every scene on the roof is my favorite scene. <laughs> you may be able to tell I have a lot of favorite scenes in this movie. But Chris it's R. Fair. Chris R. Is it Chris R or Chris R? Chris R? No, it's Chris R. They okay. decided to like say the first letter of his last name. That's his name. Not just in the script or in the cast list but in the lines of dialogue in the movie people call and, and him the line of dialogue, chris, chris r. r yeah and like, so he yeah. is a drug dealer who has come to collect his money from denny because denny's and just denny's on the roof just bouncing like, a basketball as kids as, do as college kids do i feel like he's in high school is he high school that's my impression, at least of the I have character. no clue how old this kid is. <laughs> the character no. feels like he should be in high school. He feels like he should be, but who knows? But yeah, Chris R is uh, tired of waiting on Denny. He's he a little... wants his fucking money right fucking now. <laughs> He's a little intense, but I think that that intensity takes you out of the terrible movie and puts you into a movie where you believe this character is a real character for a second. For a second. You're He's like, whoa! The best actor in the movie. His intensity is very strong. And yeah, he uh, 
assaults Denny and demands his money and he pulls a gun on him. And, and Denny's response, I love I love the attention to detail with this response, Jake. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Nobody's They're ever praised the, the room for its attention to detail. <laughs> They're on the roof of an apartment building where Denny has clearly been bouncing a basketball mindlessly mm -hmm. like a child does. Clearly. And he tells a drug dealer with a gun in his face, just give me five minutes and I'll get your money. <laughs> I love the detail of this. I'll just let you figure that. <laughs> just, I'll just let it be. I, I love that. I, yeah. Just give I me five minutes. Five minutes. Specifically five minutes. Five minutes. That's all it takes. Uh, <laughs> luckily, Denny is rescued because yes. Johnny comes running in and Mark comes running in. We don't know Johnny, where they were. Mark, Lisa, and her mom all suddenly appear on the roof. Yeah. We don't know where they came from or what they were doing, but they were all nearby. They come running in. Johnny and Mark grab Chris R. And Johnny's like, we'll take him to the police. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take him down the and stairs. Chris R puts zero fight into this. He just yeah. accepts his fate and lets these two <laughs> random dudes lead him downstairs. Mm -hmm. And Lisa, you know, I used to think and joke that Tobey Maguire has like the cringiest cry face. Thank yeah. you, Spider-Man three. Um, <laughs> but but then we see this scene with Lisa and Denny, and mm -hmm. it's really hard to tell who has the worst crying face in a movie. <laughs> yeah, she's really trying to sell it, how concerned she is for Denny and and how close he came to death, apparently. And, and Claudette is ripping into him like a mom or a grandmother will. Believably. Yeah. Yep, yep. And Denny is upset. He feels Cla a little Claudette says Claudette says that he's doing drugs, which might be true. I don't know if that he owes money to Chris R because he's selling but, drugs and didn't. But give he him tells money. them that he's selling drugs because he needed to make some money. Yeah, he needed the money. I don't know. But we don't know if he has a drug addiction or anything. And or what will, drugs he's doing because it doesn't know. matter they're gone <laughs> you'll never know it will never come up <laughs> yeah. again this whole what scene drugs, Denny? it doesn't whole... matter <laughs> yeah Denny does say that doesn't matter and he's right it doesn't matter it doesn't the, matter the whole subplot comes up in this scene and is concluded in the same scene <laughs> you say concluded concluded I in say... the sense that it's over for the film <laughs> it's dismissed without yes. a thought that's true uh yeah my favorite part of this scene is denny flat out being like stop kicking up on me <laughs> yeah and johnny comes I'm back convinced and he, he just of... wanted to have his head rest on lisa's boob that's yeah. my like oh for sure he's he very upset when johnny times. come she's very upset when johnny comes back and puts him on his own shoulder and he's like oh shoot i'm on johnny's shoulder now but yeah, Johnny tries to take him under his wing and he's like, there, there, pal, it's going to be okay, kind of thing. <laughs> Stop kicking up at uh, me. <laughs> but the next scene is still on the roof. This is like the best sequence of events. 
Mark and Johnny are now hanging out on the roof. I'm pretty sure Mark's wearing different clothes, if I'm not mistaken, just from memory. It's probably a different day, uh, and but it's hard to tell. They're just on the roof. Mark's just, you know, he's hanging out. He has a football. We haven't talked about the football yet. We have not. So we've brought up the basketball that randomly has an appearance, but the football also has several uh, cameos. Prominent, prominent appearances. Yeah. Yeah, main um, character. But it's not... It hasn't served its purpose yet, but it keeps yeah. showing up. Denny usually is the one tossing it around to himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a tease where they're just kind of talking about girls and uh, and Johnny and Mark are talking about how, you know, girl problems, you know, how two locker room guys will just talk about girls. Uh, Johnny's talking, or Mark is talking about how girls can be weird and manipulative and he doesn't understand them they can even be evil at times and johnny doesn't really understand what mark is talking about at all <laughs> and then he starts now, talking about lisa a little bit and it kind of upsets mark yeah but mark is constantly upset from like the moment he has slept with Lisa, he's pretty much upset the rest of the movie, as he should be. He should have betrayed his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. What a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, it's not like he's cutting off the roommate relationship or anything. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He... So they, they talk on the roof for a little bit. And then, uh, oh, shit. There's like one more cut scene here. I think it's Lisa and Mark. Or no, no, this what the next one is uh Johnny and Denny comes up. The... Huh? Denny comes up to Johnny on the roof after Mark storms out. That's because, right. Because uh and Johnny's like, well Mark is obviously upset because he's talking about Lisa and stuff and and then Johnny's like, "Don't worry about it. Forget forget it." And he storms off and Johnny doesn't really notice that he's upset he's like yeah, whatever <laughs> you know obviously he's having a bad day or something but then denny comes up and he starts talking you know confiding in johnny his circuit father and he's like you know lisa i think i'm in love with her <laughs> he's like go on it's <laughs> like i she's beautiful and I'm, i want to kiss her and her and her red dress she's so beautiful and go on <laughs> like, where is this going and, and denny's like you're not upset and johnny tries to give denny like this great life advice based on love <laughs> and finding the beautiful woman and trust and all this mm -hmm. and uh Trying to encourage Denny, like, not Lisa, though. Lisa's with me. Yeah. And he's like, but you're not upset. And he's like, oh, no, of course not. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing and, wrong with it. She loves you like a person, like a human being. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being put in the friend zone by yeah. the boyfriend. And yeah. it's just the worst. And yeah. then... They have like their conversation about that. And then uh, Johnny suggests like, 
I forget the lady's name, Elizabeth. He goes, well, what about Elizabeth? And Denny walks to the edge of the roof. Man, I love her. (laughs) I think after I graduate, I want to marry her and have kids. I'm in love with her. (laughs) I find it amazing. And I wish I had that superpower to be able to confess my undying love (laughs) and immediately turn around and be like, you know what? Undying love for this other random chick that will never show up. Yeah. You know what? She's all right too. (laughs) And then Johnny's like, see love. And they go walk it off. And Denny says one of those lines that like, to me was it's one of, how do I put it? one of those cementing lines where you're like, wow, the script writing and the dialogue (laughs) writing is just the worst. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks for paying my tuition, Johnny. (laughs) You're welcome, Denny. Like (laughs) the fuck is this movie? (laughs) Yeah. It's so that you know that Johnny is a successful and be kind. And he has very kind, zero flaws. He's the perfect person. Perfect dude. Yeah. And uh, this movie is such a like vanity project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's true. So, yeah, they leave. And then we got the, the alley scene is next, right? No, Lisa mm-hmm. and Michelle talk. That's right. Lisa opens the, up to Michelle. Her best friend who was giving Mike the faces earlier. And, uh, and she basically starts telling her best friend michelle that johnny got drunk and hit her also yeah and so she's spreading this rumor all around town basically and by town you mean the four people that are in this group yes (laughs) yes all of the main actors are being told Uh, and but johnny walks in from uh work well michelle kind of gives lisa a little bit of a tongue lashing of like you have to talk to johnny like if you don't love him you gotta yeah you gotta talk now everyone tells lisa you have to talk to johnny Mm -hmm. which is fine right why isn't anyone selling her you should end things with johnny (laughs) right that's and the natural then progression. pursue being a, a two time and bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like the natural thing to do to just end the relationship. If you're saying, I don't love him. I don't want to be with him. I don't want to marry him. Right. That's but instead, Lisa's do. like, I stay with Johnny and I hate Johnny. I mm-hmm. love Mark. <laughs> you know, I said continuity is not a thing in this movie. This is one of the best scenes for it because she's always either... <laughs> reaching for her drink or she doesn't have a drink or she is putting her drink down or she has a drink again. Like her wine as she's talking to her friend is constantly doesn't make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) And and then, uh, yeah, Johnny walks in on uh, Michelle and Lisa saying, well, this will be our secret. And Johnny Mm -hmm. walks in. Oh, hi, Michelle. (laughs) Yeah, you go buy a new dress, and then but yeah, Michelle. Which I was like, she's not wearing a dress. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but Michelle excuses herself, and then Lisa kind of starts acting cold towards Johnny, where he's like, "Hey, hey, baby, how's it going?" And 
he's like, well, you know, I'm excited to marry you. And she's like, are you sure about, oh no, she says something like, I'm, you know, you're, you're my future wife. She's like, are you sure about that? Because <laughs> right. I might what change my mind. <laughs> and, and then they have kind of a fight, but not really. It's, it's a weird moment. <laughs> You could say that about any possible scene in this movie. True. But it is a weird moment. Uh, yeah, and she kind of like, she's starting to, I guess, maybe lay the groundwork for their she, breakup. She's testing the water. She's dipping her toe in the idea mm -hmm. of maybe, potentially, mm -hmm. sometime down the road <laughs> in whatever future, somewhere, might... <laughs> Yeah. think about ending things with Johnny <laughs> yeah. and Johnny, even though she says a lot of crazy stuff and starts to be really mean to him, he's like, you know what? I still love you. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Good night. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I feel like this, this warrants a little more than, mm-hmm. And that, but it doesn't apparently. No. And then, uh, and then you have the alley scene. Then we're in the alley, yeah. Where yeah. Mike comes and tells Johnny all about how he was making out with Michelle in his apartment and lost his underwear. I don't know why I did quotes. He literally does lose he, his he, underwear. He lost his underwear. <laughs> and uh, and Johnny enjoys the story. I guess that's the whole scene of that. That is the whole scene. Yeah, Johnny. Like, I've been very close to friends. I, I feel like all of our friend groups have always kind of had that, like, open door kind of thing with each other. Like, hey, mm -hmm. you're welcome to just come in. We all still knock. Take our underwear when we leave. Oh, yeah. Knock also. And, and, we, and we make sure our <laughs> underwear is with us when we vacate the premises. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we don't, like... I don't think we've ever just walked into someone's home, gotten, you know, some nookie and then uh, <laughs> made faces, made faces and then went and told the uh, the person, hey, I went and fucked in your house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A oh, cool story, bro. <laughs> your future wife's mom found my underwear and showed everybody to that. Right. And he's like, oh. I love Johnny's and, like, oh, that's life. <laughs> and then we get, is this the most famous scene of the movie? It's close. It's definitely. I feel like it is. It may be. I think it definitely it is. may be. And for good reason, because it is <laughs> glorious in so many ways. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Johnny comes storming into the onto the rooftop. I did not hit her. I did not. It's bullshit. I did not. Or I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, we skipped over a short scene where he oh, does. Oh, shit, we did. He overhears her and... Lisa and her mom talking and uh, saying all this stuff. But that's not yet. It's not yet? She doesn't yet? record them yet. No. Oh. Okay. Because 
Mark I throws it, tells the the really dark story on the rooftop, and then Johnny oh, overhears yeah. the mom and Lisa. Yes, yeah, yeah. What a what a story, Mark. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. oh hi, Mark. And, and Johnny walks over. Mark's sitting on the rooftop, you know, waiting for his cue to say his line. And uh, Johnny sits down. I don't know why she say this. Lisa say I hit her, but I did not. <laughs> and Mark starts questioning, like, do you think women like to cheat like guys do? Which kind of <laughs> like bothers a- me as... It big time bothers me. It's like, (laughs) there are a lot of things in the movie that are wrong in the sense that it's either very cliche or very, there's a lot of misogynistic things about women, just assumptions or stereotypes or things that he says. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then there's also this one, which is the opposite of, you know, know, everybody knows all men love to cheat. Do you think women are like that, too? It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Nobody agrees. Like every time, like, okay, Mark, we're going to pump the brakes here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know where you maybe you do, Mark, Mr. Cheater McCheaty Pants. Like not all guys (laughs) like cheating. Yeah. There's a good chunk of us that are very adamantly against it. Uh, you're an idiot, Mark. You should have put the gun in your mouth at the end. Oh, spoiler. Oh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But so Mark gets up and he's questioning women again. And, and Johnny does his. <laughs> he's in this pose a lot. Yeah. It's because it's his, <laughs> it's his relaxed waiting for his line pose. True. And Mark actually delivers like kind of a dark story about domestic abuse. Yeah. And Johnny's response. Oh, ha, ha, ha. crazy story, Mark. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we, there was this girl who got beat up and left like at this hospital and all this stuff. And after hearing this, Johnny's like, oh, what a story, Mark. What a story, Mark. And you're like, who fucking laughs at that yeah, story? No, nobody's laughing. That's it's serious. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, none of it makes any sense. I'm not going to lie. One of the things I was looking forward to the most recording this episode was knowing you and I would be doing just a stupid amount of impressions of Tommy. Yeah. Every, every time he laughs, like during the movie, that seems to be his go-to reaction as an actor. Yes. It's just, <laughs> even though it doesn't fit most of the scenes of the movie. And so every time he does it, I can't help it. And I've been like practicing all week. <laughs> it's so perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So then <laughs> the crazy story, uh, Denny comes back up and this is your, your football. You mm-hmm. finally get your football, <laughs> which people, we, we say football, but it's really just catch, um, <laughs> catch with a football, which is a very American pastime. And he's a very yeah. American man and American actor, but it's not just catch. At least this first scene. It's like, you know, when you are tossing a ball around with like a a 
four-year-old. Yeah. And you have to, like, gently lob it up for him. It's like that with <laughs> grown men. Yeah. Not just grown men, though. Grown men in tuxedos. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. That's coming up. But the football scene in tuxedos is the best part. It's, it is the best part. But the first, like, catch game that they start mentioning is is there with Denny. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> we have to have the fight first. We do have to have the fight first. We have to fight. Tear me apart, Lisa! <laughs> I can only imagine my neighbors have to be like, what the fuck is he saying? Because the walls are kind of thin here. Uh-huh. And I know they can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole scene, which is his maybe his most acting his heart out scene where the rooftop scene is probably the most well-known of the i did not hit her i did not yeah. oh, i mark that switch uh from oh dramatic accent to high mark is just so funny um and he doesn't really sell it but in this scene in the fight in the house he's talking trying to like confront her he's like i didn't hit you i don't know why you're telling everybody this Meanwhile, he does push her down onto the couch twice, which is not the way you want. Not what you want to do to when you're trying to convince somebody that you didn't hit them and you're not ever going to do that. And Um, and he does have to throw in a James Dean impression. It's true. By like quoting James Dean. It's a direct ripoff of James (laughs) Dean in uh, what's that movie? I ripped it. The, in that one movie, the, the Streetcar Named Desire. No, he's not a Streetcar Named Desire. That's Marlon Brando. Oh, uh, <laughs> wait, don't judge me. James Dean in the, oh, God damn Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause, thank you. Uh, yes, he literally says, you're tearing me apart. apart. The exact same way that uh, Tommy Wiseau does in this yeah. movie. But Tommy Wiseau follows it up with, you know, he does the, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Yeah. Do you know what life is? And that's (laughs) the second push onto the couch. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so that whole fight, I mean, it doesn't go great, but it doesn't, they don't break up either. It also doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the main thing to note. It doesn't go anywhere. They don't break up the... They just kind of end the conversation. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they just we'll call it good there. <laughs> yeah, um, he does. They do have a conversation with Peter. Peter is the dorky friend with glasses. Yep. Who? Yeah, because Peter has to have his conversation with Mark before your tuxedo scene. Yeah. So either right before. Johnny goes to Peter because uh, Peter is a psychologist or he plays psychologist. You don't really know. He says both things. (laughs) Important to know, Tommy Wiseau studied psychology in community college, allegedly. So I imagine he gave a lot of direction to Peter on set. But he basically tries to get him to like, they have a whole, this whole conversation is problematic on a lot of levels um, but they talk about him his relationship between him and lisa and then mark mm-hmm. comes over and he starts talking about oh yeah i don't understand women at all and i have this problem with this girl who's married and 
<laughs> and then Tom is like, oh, can I meet her? And he's like, well, you know, and he's like, well, you afraid I'll steal her from you? <laughs> and it's very uncomfortable for everybody involved, not just the audience. But they, the funny thing about Peter, and the main reason I brought him up before we get to the tuxedo scene, is because several times people talk, call him a chicken. And when they call him a chicken, yes. it's like full arrested development where everybody's like, cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> which nobody in america does that which makes you feel like tommy wiseau is not from louisiana somehow he can't be from louisiana cheap 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 uh and yeah and so they do that again in the tuxedo scene and it's just it's so hilarious but yeah so after the conversation between mark peter and uh Johnny, Peter, and Mark have a conversation on the rooftop. Yeah, a heated Which is where Peter is like, you're sleeping with Lisa. <laughs> and Mark gets very irate and mad at Peter for guessing his secret. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to contemplate murdering his friend because he, he like, like pushes him over the edge almost <laughs> right he's like oh no tilting. he's like he's leaning him out over the edge holding him yeah. by the collar uh, seems like he wants to throw him over for a sec and then he doesn't and he he takes it out on the little like table by the chairs because he slaps the shit out of it <laughs> he does the, the <laughs> outdoor patio furniture yeah and the scene doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if it sounds like we're jumping around a lot, we're not. That's just how the scene ended. It's just the editing of the movie. It, yeah. They uh, argue. They apologize. Mark threatens to kill Peter. Peter's like, what the hell, man? And Mark takes it out on patio furniture. And then that's... Just... Yeah. He does say he's sorry. He's like, I'm sorry, man, for trying to throw you off the roof. True. And uh, True. At least yeah. they make amends for potential murder. Uh, <laughs> they make amends so that they can have the tuxedo scene. So that we can have the tuxedos, which is another confusing scene. Oh, it's so confusing. Because, because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, we're getting close to the wedding. I thought that I thought like, is this tuxedo fitting or or is this wedding day? Holy shit. Yeah, has a month already be... gone by in the movie? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm glad you paid attention that they say we're getting married in a month at the beginning of the movie because it's very hard to tell. It's very hard to tell. No, they're just wearing their tuxes. Yeah. And it, uh, Mark just... walks in clean shaved. He's baby face now. <laughs> you baby face. Yeah. And it like zooms in on his face like it's a big reveal of Mark <laughs> doesn't have a beard now. Uh, right. It's like plot point. <laughs> for no reason <laughs> yeah it's like they wanted to establish continuity for the first time in the movie and we're <laughs> an hour into it already and, and they're like trying to figure out what they want to do they're looking at each other in the tuxes that don't quite fit well oh i mean not at all it doesn't not even <laughs> close but you're so and, uh, confused you're like are they going to a wedding what are they doing and just Denny, wearing tuxes. Denny suggests playing football. Football. And Mark's down. And they ask Johnny, he's like, ask Peter. 
And Peter's like, no, I can't. We're wearing tuxedos. No that's that's silly. Why would we do it in tuxedos? Oh, what are you, a little chicken? Choop, 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 Of course, they go play football in the alley. In an alley. Wearing tuxedos. <laughs> and uh, poor Peter trips and falls and scuffs. Yeah, his... he goes for a long pass from Mark and trips and falls. And they have to lift him up. Oh, shit. I just Uh-oh. remembered. What? Okay, we'll get to it. Okay. They Peter trips and falls. They get him up and he goes, I think I'm done for the day. <laughs> and the first few times I watched it, I went, why are you wearing the tux? <laughs> like, you can't leave for the day because it's a wedding. And then you're like, it's not the wedding. And you're no. like. Why are they wearing tuxes? Is it to be ironic? Is this a hipster thing? I don't <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just for fun. They wanted to try them on and pal around playing football. Just they're, they're just being four dudes that throw a football around. You know how guys alley. are. Sometimes we'll <laughs> put on our tuxedos and <laughs> our tuxedos. throw the ball around. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. And yeah, so they go home. They just walk away. And that's the end of the scene. The next scene is, again, one of my favorites, mostly for one line, where they go to the coffee shop, Mark and Johnny, and they start talking about Johnny's new client, who is mysterious and confidential. And and his way of like changing the subject is interesting and unique. Yeah. Where he asks Mark, Hey, how's your sex life? <laughs> and I don't think that's a question that any two best friends have ever asked each other. I have never in our 15 years of friendship ever asked you how your sex life is. How's your sex life? I could not care less, uh, honestly. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty forward question. <laughs> Especially when you're like changing subjects, it's pretty abrupt. Yeah, it's pretty like. Whoa. I guess the point is that it's uncomfortable for Mark and the audience when you know what his sex life is doing, which is true. Sleeping true. with Lisa. You know what my favorite detail of that scene is, Jake? Hmm. You get to listen to two couples give their full orders. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> and true, then though. Johnny and Mark show up and they give their full orders as well. Yeah. And no one has to pay at this <laughs> coffee shop. It's called establishing the scene <laughs> where you know you're at a coffee shop. The audience needs to know. This is what happens. We're at a coffee shop. Oh, and here are people we know coming into the scene. And it's good to know that they thought of four very specific <laughs> drink orders to be made before your title characters <laughs> even enter the scene. It's true. It's true. Well, it is one of the only scenes that are not in the apartment. So they really had. To it's true. And it. you do learn something about. Mark and Johnny. Okay. In the scene, you learn Johnny drinks hot chocolate <laughs> at a coffee shop, and you learn that Mark 
drinks tea. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> the two weirdest things to get at a coffee shop. <laughs> and I love, I love the empty Manila folder that Johnny carries with him. That's what you do when you're a banker. Scene. That's he, what you do when you're a banker. Apparently, very successful banker. And in true fashion, as every other scene in this movie, it only lasts less than a minute. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that this movie is 106 <laughs> minutes. It's 106 minutes because the next scene is the fourth sex scene, which is so <laughs> long. <laughs> because Mark and Lisa have sex again. And it's so drawn out and long for the whole song again. And you get more sounds. His. Yeah, this is worse. There's, there is a lot of. Uh, uh, <laughs> Just go watch it. We don't need to act uh, out the whole scene. Uh, <laughs> you sound uh, like sound like Frankenstein. Sorry, Frankenstein's uh, monster, rather. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next scene uh, let's skip ahead is more joyful because it is back to two best friends running through the park in San Francisco throwing oh, yeah. the football I'm not gonna lie the first like five times that I watched this movie <laughs> I never caught the scene or the piece of dialogue where they set up this scene <laughs> Now the setup for the scene is literally yeah. Johnny being like blah 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 at this time and Mark goes yeah at 6 o'clock or whatever time. <laughs> I had never yeah. caught it. Uh, yeah, saying setup is generous for sure. It was. But then they <laughs> do throw in a scene where they run through the park run five feet from each other in parallel throwing a bit football back and forth. Uh and it, I guess, just symbolizes their friendship. You know what I love? Even though he scene, just Jake? banged his fiance. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. My favorite little detail of the football throwing scene in the park is Johnny feels the need to wear, like, biker gloves or fingerless gloves. <laughs> yeah. Like all the real professional football players do. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I like homed in on that little detail of like, why? The this gloves? is his outdoor physical activity outfit. Fair enough. And he's got the sleeveless black shirt. He's got the bag. He's, he's got to show how jacked he is. Okay. It's true. It doesn't hurt. And uh, yeah, cool guys wear sleeveless gloves. Everybody knows that. Or not sleeveless gloves, fingerless gloves. There it is. Uh, <laughs> fingers are like the sleeves for your fingers. Never mind. Move on. The fingers are the, the fingers of the gloves are the sleeves for your fingers. You know what I'm saying? Or so then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then she tries Lisa. to have sex with Mark again. Lisa does. And, yep. uh, and well, when she, after she takes her shirt off, Michelle walks in on them. Bum, bum, bum. And so they're caught in the act. Exactly. Red handed. Uh, unfortunately, I guess Michelle already knows that she doesn't love Johnny. So it's not that big of a, you know, reveal. It's like, oh, 
Hey, what you doing, kids? <laughs> yeah. But she's, you know, talking like, are you sure Mark is the guy you want to, does he have mm-hmm. it all? Does he have what you want out of life and all this stuff? And and I don't really know where that scene goes from there. <laughs> that doesn't really go anywhere. But then we've got what you were talking about was Lisa and her mom are talking again. And uh, Lisa kind of spills the beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an old person phrase for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they And her... Her mom flat out tells her love has nothing to do with marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's financially stable. She's She basically repeats half of her lines, but this time she does not have any <laughs> I'm dying dialogue. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And, and then they leave. And Johnny has been home overhearing the conversation. Yeah. And so he decides to record the phone as his way of finding out. He actually says he's going to record everything. Oh. And then (laughs) plugs a cassette recorder Mm -hmm. into the phone. Yeah. And like, it's a very long process. He does like (laughs) several like plugins. He gets a cassette recorder set up. And then happens to have a tape in his shirt pocket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you Who always got to carry around blank cassette tapes. Come on now. It's 2003. Everybody had a cassette tape in That's 2003, true. especially in your pocket. You always had it in your pocket. I was trying to think back, like, is it even possible to plug a cassette recorder into a telephone with like a just a plug he has a cord that plugs in the telephone and that will record calls and also he like starts the recording he pushes the button to start the tape i'm like is that going to just record nothing or is it going to start when the call starts <laughs> i'm actually i was actually trying to figure it out but i don't i don't think that's possible maybe it is i don't think it's possible plus and this is another thing that kind of like makes your head hurt on the time frame of this movie um those cassette tapes like have a time limit. Yeah. They're like, you can only record so many minutes on it. I think it's like 25 minutes or something, 30 minutes. No, it was longer than that. I think you could get cassettes that recorded up to. Okay. On one side. Yeah. Okay. Like 45 minutes. I think you could get about 45 minutes per side. So an hour and a half total ish okay so kids if you don't know what well, a cassette tape is a thing that it's like a C- compact disc no it's like a it, there's no way to explain it ask your mom you know what google it google it <laughs> yeah uh it's uh, a thing that when it would unravel you used a pencil to put it back together That's yeah you could use the pen cap you could use a pencil anything to fit in the teeth of those of the reels yeah and wind and it you back spun up. it uh so we're getting close <laughs> to Johnny's birthday. I think we're almost there. Are we there? Is there anything in we, between? Yeah, because Johnny sets up the recording. He's real pissed off. And then, happy birthday, Johnny. And you yeah. think, oh, this is the party. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're the like, wow, there's actually a lot of for, people. 
I don't know if it's been a week. I don't know if it's been a week. I don't know for how long Lisa's been planning this party, but she mentioned it like towards. She mentioned it right after the first sex scene. Yeah. Yes. So a long time ago. Long time ago. So they're having a party. uh, Peter does not come to the party. I know everybody's concerned about where Peter is, the psychologist. He doesn't come. He's not not there. He's not there. Steven is a random dude (laughs) that actually has screen time. We'll get to him in a second. His name is Steven and he has a very important role. And is his role is to replace Peter because Peter had another (laughs) job to go to (laughs) and they needed to recast him, but they named him Steven instead. Steven. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the party is, is going and Johnny shows up while the party's already Mm -hmm. like in full swing. It's a surprise party. That's how it works. It's a surprise party. Uh, But generally surprise parties, everyone's waiting. Yeah. Johnny shows up and people are like, Oh, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi, Johnny. Cool party, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and then... this is like when Lisa and Mark just pretty much completely stopped giving a fuck. Right. They're this in whole like sequence. the next room with she's up on his lap and they're just talking and canoodling. It, and Right. So they like they do the party thing for a little bit. Uh Mark and Johnny get into a slight confrontation. There's a lot of B-roll of the party. <laughs> You're not missing anything. We're literally not jumping around. No. This is how it goes. Yeah. And uh, Lisa's trying to confess her love to Mark, and Mark's like, I don't like you're a bitch. I don't like you. <laughs> I've only had sex with her. you twice. I don't want to have sex with you a third time. Maybe. Yeah, how dare you, Lisa? Ask me tomorrow. Maybe I will. <laughs> tomorrow? He's like, ask me in like five minutes and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lisa and him like kind of have a, a little bit of an altercation. She mm-hmm. slaps him and Johnny's like, finally, we got someone to react to a moment in a scene it's amazing johnny gets up what's going on and mark's like maybe there's more going on than you think and he's like maybe i know more than you think i know and it's very like okay you don't know how much i know that you think i know that you know (laughs) yeah it's very very friends reminiscent (laughs) and uh and then like as soon as the fight starts the fight is diffused and johnny's like it's okay the fight's over. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mark. I forgive you. And they shake <laughs> I love on you. it. You're my best love... friend still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they shake on it. And Lisa's like, it's getting really hot in here. And every time she says this line, immediately <laughs> that Nelly song plays in my head. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, not, nah, not, nah, don't sing it, Dustin. <laughs> She's like, why don't we all go outside for some fresh air? And everyone piles out. Mm-hmm. And she holds Mark back. She's like, I have a surprise for you. And he's like, oh, yeah. And it's her sitting on his lap like a high school couple does. Mm-hmm. She's like draped her legs over his. She like leans on him and they make out. And you're like, that's the surprise we everyone could have told you this is what you're gonna do yeah 
and in walks Steven, <laughs> who I'm not going to lie, didn't know he had a character name until you just said it. It's because I looked it up. You've never seen him before in this movie until now. <laughs> Ever. It might as well be random friend walks into this room. <laughs> he walks in, catches Lisa and Mark, chews her out, guilt trips her. Mm -hmm. And uh, Johnny and Michelle come walking in probably to check like where the fuck did lisa and mark go <laughs> yeah because it's kind of obvious like and steven he's the life of the party and and steven you gotta have steven around <laughs> it's you don't have this tight-knit group of friends without steven being i know glued. it's true <laughs> so johnny and michelle come waltzing in and there's like a weird what's going on and lisa again man it's getting really hot in here we should go outside so they go outside you get more you don't get b-roll you get possibly i think this is like the fourth time i've had to say this is this the most random like what the fuck line ever it might be i don't know you Verdict is yours. Uh, we get Johnny going, hey, everybody, great news. We're expecting. <laughs> and everyone's excited for Johnny. And they walk off screen with Johnny. And Lisa is left with Michelle and Stephen. <laughs> and I'm like, I've, I've known a lot of people that have made pregnancy announcements. Yeah everyone and when i say everyone it's literally everyone that is around for the announcement mm -hmm. always congregate around the wife or the mom to be <laughs> and the dad to be is usually just like i'm still here yeah you can congratulate me i participated but also <laughs> i'm not I'm not really responsible for the next I, several months so i did just, my part just going on food runs <laughs> right like <laughs> i'm on cravings duty from yeah. here on out uh there's obviously way more than that we can make those jokes we're both dads yeah uh, <laughs> i've done plenty of diapers just today yeah yeah <laughs> it's such a good thing to say like just today just today <laughs> literally before we started recording i told dustin we are need to be delayed I need to do a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, I remember those days. But we digress. Uh, yeah, everyone is like, fuck Lisa. We're excited for Johnny. Yeah. And then Steven is ripping into Lisa some more. I mean, if and... she can lie about him hitting her, he can lie about her being pregnant. I think that's fair. But he's not lying. He thinks it's true because you immediately find out that Lisa lied that yeah. she's pregnant just to make it interesting <laughs> because she's a crazy person <laughs> she's a crazy person and immediately i think oh you're not just a bitch you're actually stupid she's because then they're too. like i feel like this is the only coherent moment from other characters where they're like what like you realize there's an actual timeline. There's like my brain starts rolling around. 
Like yeah. there's physical changes. You can't really. And she goes, well, I figure we'll probably get pregnant sometime. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> it's the most asinine line in the whole movie. I mean, you're getting married uh, apparently in the next two weeks, month, one week, one week. It was a month from the beginning of the movie. We don't know how far we've gone. We don't know how far in the movie we are. No. But uh, Mark and Johnny, everyone's going to pile back in because Lisa is like, you know what? It was too hot inside. (laughs) We must all pile back into the home for cake. Yeah. Everyone piles into the home. Again, I've been to like group gatherings. No one wants to get told we're going in and out several times. People are like, no, pick one. (laughs) Unless you're a smoker, then you go outside. If you're not like, fuck off, we're doing our thing. Right. Lisa is a terrible host, folks. She's awful. Yeah. It's a terrible person who is a terrible terrible person. Terrible person. Yeah. But Mark and Johnny finally get into a a bit of a fight Mm -hmm. and we get the funniest version of the word motherfucker (laughs) that we've heard in a long time. I love (laughs) when he says motherfucker because it's just (laughs) that. And then when he calls her a bitch in a little bit, I'm like (laughs) that. I've heard that word a lot in my life, but I've never (laughs) heard it this way before. And it just sounds weird. It sounds very weird. Get out of my house, motherfucker. (laughs) Maybe the first time he's ever said it, honestly. Yeah. I was trying to think because it sounds so out of place. Yeah. And I was was like in the moment he came up with it and it wasn't in the script. Maybe it it just it felt very out of place. But yeah, him and Mark get in their fight. Mark like falls into the door. Mm-hmm. He technically hits his head on the door handle, but has no reaction to it. And I'm like, stays in character. You would notice if you hit a door handle. <laughs> yeah, I would know because I have fallen into some before. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. So, they, yeah, they tussle. They have a big fight and they're like, I'll kill you. And they talks about <laughs> and Marx says, hey, if you. Maybe your girlfriend wouldn't be into me if you kept her satisfied and all this stuff, all these fighting <laughs> words. And uh, so the uh, and we all know as the audience that Johnny has done his best. He has humped in the general direction of, you know, where he's supposed to hump. He's done everything he's supposed to do. I don't know. Yes, humped <laughs> in the general direction. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm like tired. It's late, but that was the funniest fucking thing. (laughs) We we all know Johnny's done his part to keep it together. He has humped in the general direction. I mean, yes, you can't blame Johnny. He's done his best. Favorite episode. (laughs) But they they fight. They really fight, and he's like, "I'll kill you. I'll kill you." And so he ends up mother. Fucker. Motherfucker. And he gets kicked. They get kicked out. And they, Johnny locks himself in the bedroom or bathroom or something. Well, 
You forgot Johnny's little like <laughs> pity party where he goes, I'm oh, yeah. sick of everyone. This world betray me. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the crux of the movie that everyone like, has two, betrayed him. Two people betrayed you, too. <laughs> the world. No, two. Yeah, well, his best friend and his future wife have betrayed him. Whole world betray me. <laughs> And yeah, so, he locks himself in the bathroom. And yeah, and that's when I think she's it's the bathroom. She's trying to like get him to come out and he's he's yelling back at her and that's when he calls her a bitch and uh she says he's just being a big baby. Uh, <laughs> her mom comes upstairs. <laughs> yeah, his mom's upset. not helpful. <laughs> she's a nice lady, but she's not helpful. <laughs> And uh, Mark and Lisa, like, everyone kind of fucks off. And then we get the tantrum. <laughs> Johnny comes out of the bathroom. because Oh, yeah, because Lisa calls Mark. Mm -hmm. And he tells her, I want your body. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, after a fight with her boyfriend about, you know... <laughs> cheating with her cheating. that's generally the best time to be like you know what? we should get together and make out again johnny comes out of the bathroom what did you say she goes it's none of your business and he goes we'll find out we'll find <laughs> out everything and he gets the tape cassette yep it's He's gonna prove a point again. it might be the only thing in the movie <laughs> he follows through with yeah <laughs> it's true it, that part actually was set up earlier on and is pays off at and the it, climax and it has of the movie. has a payoff. And he plays the tape for Lisa. And Lisa's like, you're a dick. And he's like, you're a why? <laughs> I'm yeah. paraphrasing. He calls her a tramp. And uh, yeah. And apparently they've been together for seven years. She's like, I put up with you for seven years. And he's like, I treated you like a princess, and you stabbed me in the back. And, uh, and obviously, he's not wrong. It's true. He brought her dresses and flowers and made sweet, sweet love to her. And she did not <laughs> appreciate it. We <laughs> can't go over that again. I'll laugh too much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now Johnny knows everything. He's heard it from, yeah. from the horse's mouth, as it were. And, and, that's when they finally, I guess, call it quits because yeah. she, she leaves and he's alone in the room finally. And he's mad as one will be as you should be. Yeah. And he goes on a destruction tour through the home, mm. which I don't blame the guy. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fucker. Yeah. Not, and I mean, not anymore. We've had enough scenes, but like, <laughs> there's you know, a lot. <laughs> he's, had, he's replaying in his mind all the good moments, the tie around the head and the, uh, the yeah. red dress, and and uh, only replaying the moments because he like he goes downstairs, destroys the downstairs, yeah, right, yeah, and then he goes back upstairs, knocking stuff off the mantle, and he's he's just throwing a tantrum. He finds the red dress from the beginning, so I Every... guess that's technically the second thing that he. That's true. 
That's probably the most because that's the first scene to the last scene. Yeah, yeah. And he like... It should have been called the dress, not the room. Should have. He falls to the floor holding the dress and he's crying and he's screaming. You know, we've all... I think people generally have experienced emotional pain. I don't know if they've (laughs) experienced it to the point where they have to dry hump an object. Allegedly climax. Apparently, it seems like potentially blowing his last load ever. I don't know. It's a sorrowful load if it did. It's it's a sad load. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> that he like, scene is the most and a movie full of uncomfortable scenes. The scene where he is in agony over this breakup and then takes the dress and puts it over his crotch and humps it remembering all of the scenes from the last week (laughs) right not seven years worth (laughs) yeah not all of the stuff we haven't seen just the stuff from the movie is the weirdest part of the movie for me it's odd and And then he like gets up and he's like all like dead weight to himself and he finds a gun which i was like where the (laughs) fuck did this gun come from i know where it came from you know where it came from no, Chris R's gun from the roof. When oh they, shit! They took it and they saved Denny. Apparently, the cops didn't take it. He, uh, he, Johnny kept it. Wow. Johnny has the gun that Chris R had. That is three things in <laughs> one scene that he. Uh... People say okay. this movie has no continuity or plot. I look at that i've seen the movie several times now and i just i learned two things tonight i wouldn't know if i didn't read it on the internet honestly oh okay (laughs) yeah he puts the gun in his mouth and uh pulls the trigger pulls the trigger decides that he's wanting wants to end it yep it's it's too much too much like (laughs) romeo and juliet without the juliet yeah like tennessee williams and then Lisa and Mark show up, bawling. Apparently, he's enough. Believe. Had enough of her body already. Yeah, and uh, as as she is mourning over the suicide of Johnny, yeah, she looks at Mark and says, "But at least we can be together now." And he's like, "I don't want you. I don't love you anymore. You did this. You killed him. This is all <laughs> your fault." And she's like, why are you saying these things? And then <laughs> Denny comes up. Well, my favorite Denny's... part is how Mark leans down slowly and kisses, kisses his Johnny's forehead. forehead. <laughs> like, it's just such a forced, like, he, <laughs> moment. He's, yeah, he's forced care for this per- character. It's so funny. And uh, And yeah, Denny comes in crying oh my god and uh tells both lisa and mark just go away just get out of here (laughs) (laughs) and the movie ends with the three of them weeping together yeah and and johnny's lifeless body bleeding out on the bedroom floor yeah (laughs) that's life (laughs) what a story <laughs> it really is it's we it's didn't a, I, it's a tragic story of betrayal and relationships 
and none of it matters or makes any sense and, whatsoever. And none of it makes any sense. None of it is very coherent. Um, you can tell though, throughout the movie, like you can kind of picture when he was making this movie, writing it and actually making it, you could tell where he's like, I know I've seen this style of scene mm. and the characters reacted in this way. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. It's like piecing together a lot of pieces of somebody who has seen movies and like felt genuine emotion or been moved yeah. by certain things um, or has heard about different movies and wants to add those. I, I think it's more like popular. it heard about it and put it together. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of cliches, a lot of stereotypes and a lot oh, of hundred percent. I feel like. I should, this is the kind of movie where people should on principle just hate because it's yeah. so bad, mm -hmm. but you can't mm -hmm. because it's so watchable in the weirdest way. And it's so entertaining and I don't know what <laughs> way, but it's entertaining. Yeah. It's, and and people have grasped on it's created this huge cult fandom and as fans do they catch on to the littlest details they've watched it so mm -hmm. many times and they so if, the, one of my funniest things that people do it's become like the new rocky horror picture show where people go to midnight screenings and and laugh and do all this stuff right but the tiniest details in the background of a lot of scenes there are framed photographs of spoons and cutlery and things <laughs> that not people just like probably the stock footage that came with the frame and and so whenever that shows up on screen fans will they will take giant trash bags full of plastic spoons to these screenings and whenever a spoon comes up on screen in the background they'll throw their plastic spoons at the screen and yell spoon oh my like, god people are insane about this movie they love it and so that's why it's not a bad movie because th this many people can't love a movie that's bad it's bad in the sense that it's technically terrible yes and there's no coherent but reason like, to like it but it's loved i mean this yeah. movie is celebrate you and i have trashed it so much Mm -hmm. during this episode but at the same time like we genuinely mm -hmm. enjoy this movie <laughs> like yeah and you saying trashing it actually reminded me of something i was watching a thing where um there's all kinds of cinema and there's uh there's some kinds of cinema cinema that are subversive to mainstream cinema mm -hmm. and that's things like you know horror movies or pornography or other kinds of things um trash cinema quote unquote is another kind of movie where it's like killer clowns from outer space or plan b or whatever um these movies that are incredibly bad but and they they're not mainstream they don't follow any of the normal yeah practices normal plots normal anything um but they're still become very popular i was reading a thing that people that like those kinds of movies that subvert the mainstream and and do different things that are unexpected like that 
people generally like those that have higher intelligence, which is a weird thing that you huh. kind of not to toot our own horn or thing because I do like it. But also, <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing that if you like this thing that's kind of formed and well made and cookie cutter and easily digestible, mm -hmm. that can get boring for somebody who sees that kind of stuff a lot or really likes it or really wants to get into it. And so to find something yeah. that's different and totally new, even if it sucks, it's at least different and uh, and trying new things. But and there's that like on its own is interesting. Yeah, um, I think that is funny because I, I do genuinely like I like B movies. Um, I'm just, Killer Clowns is like if you've listened to our show long enough, you know Killer Clowns <laughs> is I fucking love this movie. I love Plan Nine from Planet mm -hmm. B, like. And the room, I mean, it really did go from that first time I watched it where I was just so confused by what the hell I was watching. Yeah. And kept telling myself, like, you should, like, part of you wants to turn it off and just be like, worst thing ever made, but you can't. <laughs> and the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the funnier it gets. Mm -hmm. And then when you, like talk to other people about a scene you can make i mean you and i we everyone that listens to us or watches us knows like we don't really talk episode stuff because we like mm -hmm. saving a lot of it for when when we're recording but we said it i think even before we hit the record button of like we both knew we're <laughs> gonna do terrible impressions of tommy the entire mm -hmm. episode <laughs> and it won't stop we just yeah. knew that like and i feel like that's the fun thing about b movies or this style of movie where it's fan base everyone just automatically has that same kind of connection everyone's on that same page you can make mm -hmm. that joke that reference and someone is going to be like yes <laughs> like you get excited about it. it's like this little group it's and it's not that little actually it's huge yeah um but it, they're fun. B movies are just, they're fun. We mm -hmm. get enough mainstream and I, I love mainstream stuff. Like uh, I'm not someone that's going to have a problem with it. Clearly. Mm -hmm. I like comic book movies. Come on. Right. Um, but I also, and, and I'm not like into the super artsy stuff a whole lot. I, I think that tries too hard. Yeah. And I think that's where the B movie comes into kind of be one of the most entertaining styles where like yeah sometimes they do try really hard and it mm -hmm. blows up and that's what makes it enjoyable mm -hmm. other times it's like we just thought it was stupid and fun so <laughs> we did it yeah <laughs> you know and it's it's enjoyable yeah. it's a nice mental break and i think the room hits that perfect level of i think the reason it's so great for what it is is because of how sincere Tommy was in creating it mm -hmm. and believing it and and wanting it his unique style tied with his sincere drive to make this movie and his complete lack of skill to accomplish that movie is just the perfect combination that you couldn't recreate even if you wanted to. It's true. I think the thing that the disaster artist does that's interesting is that it it kind of tells a story from 
the hindsight perspective, it seems like, and that's my interpretation of it in the sense that very much, I take it very much as it's the hindsight and you know, yeah. it's the hindsight because it's based on the book based on the experience. Yeah. And I don't know how much of the book is like in the, in the first person, in the perspective of, Oh, I didn't know how successful this would be when we were making it. I didn't know what it would become all that kind of stuff. But the movie is definitely this, this is a success even if it's not the success he was looking for and, and everybody loves it. Everybody laughs at it. He just has to kind of change his perspective of that's, that's the success that people will love it. And it will become a phenomenon that uh, will gain me all this acclaim. Uh, it's, it's, that's kind of how it, 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 I think there's a happy ending in the disaster artist that's kind of wrapped up quickly because you already know, um, you already know that, oh yeah, everybody likes the room. It's really yeah. fun. It's a bad movie. People are laughing at it. Um, but you skip over all of the, it was released. Nobody saw it. Nobody <laughs> for cared it. for it. Took a long time to gain a cult <laughs> following, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't think it needed to have that. I, I like how they conclude it. And I like, I really appreciate that they approached making this movie, you know, James Franco, Rogan, Evan Goldberg, the whole crew approached the making of this movie with making sure it gave heart to it and, and yeah. didn't showcase the movie as like, Oh, it's just this horrible movie. And we leave it at that. Mm -hmm. But they actually showed us like, Tommy is like, a... yeah. Instead just being like sincere about like this movie they meant to make a great American film. Mm -hmm. They made a terrible American film, <laughs> but the fan base is so huge. And it is the room really is kind of a definitive Hollywood success story. Like it is mm -hmm. that, that story. Um, it has giant art, the audience. It's got all the acclaim mm -hmm. it might not be conventional, but it's, it will stand the test of time. It's going to be there. You know, yeah. we said it at the start. We're like the disasters. I love that movie. I think it's incredibly made. It's everything about it is so on point, mm -hmm. but no one talks about it. Mm -hmm. No one talks about Oscar winners. No one talks about, you know, who cares? Mm -hmm. A lot of people care. Sorry. I care <laughs> on some of the stuff, but like yeah. the general audience, people like people don't really remember this stuff. They remember the room. Yeah. You can even bring up the room to people who have not watched it, but they know it. They've right. heard of it. They know a reference from it. And I think it's because it gives them the the it gives them the best thing that it should that movies should give people. The thing that Academy Award winning movies generally don't. They give you a nice story that is told well, that has a good performance that a handful of people see. They're like, "Oh, that's nice. I like that." It's well done. It doesn't have the social interaction stuff. Yeah. And that's what the room has, which is it's all social interaction stuff. You say, oh, hi, Mark. Every, somebody near you will know what that means. <laughs> Go out of their mind like, oh, my God, I love that movie. Yeah. And then you've made a best friend all of a sudden. And that thing is a very human thing. It's just going back to like 
people telling stories around the campfire kind of thing mm -hmm. that people will relate to each other through these stories and shared experiences and laughter and all that stuff. It connects them in a way that other more conventional, more in like art, artsy movies don't do. And so I think the room and other, other better movies like Anchorman does that all these other movies mm -hmm. do that. Um, but the room, is able to do that where quote unquote better movies don't they fail to do that and that that they're, they're kind of just lost to put it's, in the archives and all that stuff yeah 100% agree i i think also what like adds fuel to that and, and all the like big cult movies do this and even you brought up anchorman that's a great example of like the mainstream doing kind of mm -hmm. the cult movie mentality of focusing on the audience yeah. And being very interactive with an audience, whereas, you know, you can quote Anchorman mm -hmm. and people are going to laugh and know immediately what you're saying. You can quote certain comedies and people will know mm -hmm. you're going to make someone stay by making a joke. Right. You do that with the room. You do that with like, I mean, Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead mm -hmm. is like the reigning supreme of B movie royalty mm -hmm. because people just locked into it it became a social thing it became this huge like product to connect people who just wanted something different yeah and and it's not in a pretentious way it's in a just like it's a silly right way it's and it leans into it and i just i think it's awesome i rewatching the room like i said i watched it three times in the last week two were specifically for <laughs> note taking and research mm -hmm. The third time, legit, was just, I felt like watching it. Yeah. And it's such a weird feeling to know, like, I just genuinely wanted to watch this movie. I didn't mm -hmm. have to. Right. Yeah, a movie you'd just seen. You're like, yeah, that oh, sounds right. fun again. Like, I've written down all the notes. I've written down all the scene breakdowns. I, I've done all the stuff. I watched that documentary you sent me, and then he immediately watched The Room. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> like... I did it. I watched Disaster Artist a couple times and we're probably not really going to talk about that one at all, but I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do it in another episode because I genuinely like that movie. Yeah. But the room is just, there's something special and it's kind of fun not being able to pinpoint it, mm -hmm. but it's so fun. Yeah. It has that inexpensive, Explainable, unidentifiable quality, I guess, of magic. Yeah. I mean, we just recorded this for like three hours <laughs> on a movie that is 106 minutes, has no discernible plot, has right. no like coherent moment, but it's so much fun and it's fun yeah, to talk about. And it's, and, it, and, and it's fun to just like, I think it's healthy for probably for the mainstream folk to take a step back and just kind of appreciate the impact that stuff like this can have like that mm -hmm. positive impact, especially in film. Uh, sometimes we need this. It kind of helps recalibrate stuff. I think. Yeah, I agree. So I love the room, dude. It's so... <laughs> like, I want to say it's so good, but like, it's not, but it is. It's such a, yeah. I'm so glad it exists. I'm so glad Tommy Wiseau pulled it off. 
Uh, me too. Whether me too. it was a money laundering scheme or a real passion project or both. <laughs> Whether it was money laundering with the mob or uh, great leather pant sales <laughs> or he just happened to save up a over $6 million over the course of a few years and decided mm-hmm. to spend it. I saw it. He says that on um, the disaster artist, there's a part where like Tommy was on set. He has a cameo in the disaster mm-hmm. artist and they asked him like, so how'd you pay for the room? And his mm-hmm. answer was literally like, well, what do you do with money that you save up? You spend it, right? I, you spend it on whatever I spent it on, on the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> and what's funny is it's the simplest answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dear God, that's probably literally what he did. This guy it's... probably has had no life. He just mm-hmm. kept saving money. And then one day was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it helps that he's 50 years old for sure. Uh, but I think the problem with that is the only jobs he's ever admitted to are restaurant busboy, hospital worker, street True. vendor. He got a degree in psychology from community college. And then his his fashion gene brand. Yeah, the, he... the leather pants or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, they're like. Yeah, none of those scream millionaire. No. Um... But yeah, he had six million dollars <laughs> for the movie. He had a billboard that billboard up in Los Angeles for the room for five years, which costs about five thousand dollars a month. Uh, so that's another several hundred thousand dollars. Well, he paid to keep the movie in theaters for at least two weeks to be eligible for the Academy Awards. Yeah, he claims he submitted it and it is very legit. You can look it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it should have won. <laughs> <laughs> what did win in 2000? Three. Oh, I don't freaking know. Let's look. I'm just curious now. 2003 Academy Award winner is 75th Academy Awards. Yes. Uh, Chicago was Best Picture. Oh, wait. What am I looking at here? Oh, yeah. Chicago Best Picture. Roman Polanski, Best Director for The Pianist. Adrian oh, Bodie, okay. yeah, Best yeah. Actor for The Pianist. Nothing against Chicago. It's definitely an entertaining movie. Um, Is it the best movie of the year, though? No. And I would genuinely rather watch The Room over Chicago. And Chicago is one of my favorite musicals. It's true. It was on the list. It was on my list. I genuinely enjoy Chicago. But The Room is just more appealing. It's just more fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You'll rewatch it a hundred times more. Yeah, I haven't watched Chicago in a long time. <laughs> but folks, please watch The Room. If you saw it before we broke it down, I hope you were laughing and, and I hope you were doing all the same impressions. Yeah. If you have not watched it, go watch it. If you because... go, you could watch it for free on YouTube, but you should not do that. You should go to TommyWiseau.com and there you can buy... Tommy Wiseau's own custom branded underwear. You can buy copies of the room on Blu-ray and DVD. His about page says that he will sign anything for free, um, but he has all kinds of ridiculous merch. So he has five pound dumbbells, which you can get. So you can be as jacked as he is. The five pounds. So 
this is a big deal, folks, because normally we do not <laughs> promote anything, anything really, we except we our barely, own stuff. Barely promote our own stuff, and we barely do that. Um, yeah, go check his website out. It's ridiculous, <laughs> as you would want. There's yeah. uh, tank tops. Uh, <laughs> Women and ladies. There's a there's room. watches that are normally one hundred and forty dollars for fifty dollars. I think I he's still that. running his knockoff fashion. Oh, business. but those those are out of stock. You have to buy the Princess Penelope, which is <laughs> originally one hundred and twenty, but they're fifty now. Okay. Uh, you got neckties. You got the Ohio Mark shirts. You can get the official room original motion picture soundtrack on compact disc. For six dollars. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you are tearing me apart, Lisa. Mug. Tear me apart, Lisa. Fifteen ounces. Fed $10. up with this world. <laughs> so yeah, Tommy Wiseau, he's making it work. He's not technically a genius, but he could be. Uh, I don't. Nobody knows, and nobody needs to know. I'm kind of convinced that he is. He might be a secret genius. I'm kind of convinced he is. Or he might be an, an autistic something or other. That happens too. Uh, <laughs> it could be both. Lots of geniuses are autistic. But he, he's he got something going on. He's touched in some way. It, he's unique. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, I'm so glad that he is that unique though. He is. And I think, I hope that he never stops being his authentic self. I think that's what works. That's the thing that worries me about the big shark movie he's making. It's the first movie that he's written and directed and produced and starred in since the room. He's made yeah. other stuff, but never done all of those things all at once. I worry that he will try too hard to be, be what he thinks people want him to be when people really want him to be, himself and as delusional as he is and thinking it's good kind of thing. Yeah. You watched the trailer for it, right? I did. It looks like Birdemic with sharks, which Birdemic is another kind of terrible B movie about birds. <laughs> it's got the best CGI you'll ever see in your yeah. life. It's, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this reminded me of like Birdemic and kind of Sharknado wannabe. Yeah. And I'm excited for it, but I do worry that he'll try too hard. Mm -hmm. That it'll almost feel like the the sophomore outing, right? Right, where you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I worry that he'll be try too hard to be silly, and mm -hmm. it won't be funny for the same reasons that the room is funny. Yeah, but. I guess we'll see. Comes out this we'll year. We'll find out. We'll find yeah. out. I definitely want to watch it, but we'll find <laughs> out. All right. Well, folks. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Um, we'll talk disaster artist at some other point. We we ran a little long with the room, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. It's, the room deserves fun conversations. I love the room. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's uh, good. Next time, though. We're doing our top 10 movie scores. So the mood, the room has a fire soundtrack. Uh, some other movies though have possibly better soundtracks. Now, now we're doing movie scores 
not like soundtrack of music inspired by the movie. True, but the room has original music composed for it. It does. For it, it does. So it counts. Just saying. It better not be on your list. <laughs> it won't be. No, I have legit movie scores uh, and incredible yes. music uh, from a lot of good movies. So we're doing that next time. This is a. It's been a difficult list for me to try and do. I will explain on the uh, on the episode. But yeah, so tell us your favorite music, or definitely tell us about the room. I want to yeah. know your experience watching it. Uh, did you watch it with a big group of people for the first time? Uh, <laughs> do you do you hate it because somebody ruined it for you? Yeah. Or do Thanks. you hate it because you have better taste than we do? Because that would be understandable as well whatever our taste is awesome pretentious assholes (laughs) (laughs) uh go buy your merch uh all the fun stuff that we're terrible at promoting go do that yeah and subscribe on youtube and we'll that's yeah do that next time (laughs) bye everyone (laughs) 